Hi, dear Mike here, and thanks for listening to a previous episode of The Natural Ones as they play Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Check out our Twitch channel for more weekly D&D content. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, brought to you by The Natural Ones. The holy city of Elturel has disappeared from the Forgotten Realms and descended deep down into Avernus, the first layer of the Nine Hells. This event came about as a result of an infernal bargain between the Archdevil Zariel, who rules Avernus, and the treacherous High Overseer of Elturel, Thavius Krieg. Zariel is capturing cities and using their citizens as fodder in the ongoing conflict between demons and devils, known as the Blood War. Next on Zariel's list of cities is Elturel's neighbour, Baldur's Gate. Will our heroes be the ones to save Elturel from certain destruction and be able to prevent a similar fate from befalling Baldur's Gate? Having been pressed into service by the Flaming Fist, the guard of Baldur's Gate, the characters have been tasked to seek out and destroy dead three cultists who have been threatening the city. As the misdeeds of the Vanthamper family have come to light through a chance meeting with Mortlock, son of Duke Falamara, the characters now have a chance to confront Thavius Creed, the architect of Eltril's downfall. Will they complete their task? We'll find out. And welcome back. So, hopefully, that was quite quick, but uh, hopefully you've caught a bit of the key events there to have filled yourselves in on where we are in the campaign. Um, we are currently underneath the Xantham Per Manor, uh, under Duke, uh, yeah, Duke Lady uh, um, uh Manor, and uh, we've been there for a couple of sessions so far. We've just reached the underground dungeon slash lair, and we have a Hellrider from Eltrail with us, who is going to hopefully uh, help us find Thavius Krieg, the uh, the sinister um, leader, or I guess, yeah, ch- a chief of uh, the now disappeared city of Eltrail. Um So, before I get too far into our recap, just to fill you in um, and get you up to date as much as possible, I think it's probably best that we get to know a bit more about our characters that we've been playing tonight and our party. Uh, and the natural ones are not just consisted of me. By the way, I don't know if I've said, I am Mike, by the way, I am your DM for, for, the, for the evening and uh, going forward. Uh, we are joined by four fantastic role players, fantastic um, lovers of D&D. And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll introduce them one by one and they can say hello. And uh, yeah, okay, so let's meet our players. We have got with us tonight... Oh, uh, who wants to go first? Don't all shout out at once. Go on then. Let, let's listen to uh, let's listen to Lyra. Lyra, you are our dwarven cleric. You are our healer. Um, do you want to say hello and give you give, give the people at home a little bit of an idea as to what your character is like and what sort of role you play within the party? Sure. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Lyra Rufus. Uh, I am a dwarven cleric. Uh, thank you for volunteering, dear. Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that really that absolutely fine. Um, so uh, yeah, so Lyra is quite a young uh, cleric. She's still working her way through her magic and her relationship with her god Mistra. Um, she definitely feels more at home hitting things with her warhammer than she does 
healing people, but she is trying to improve and get better with her cleric uh, special powers. Um, she does see herself as a good person, um, but she can be led astray. I think she can be quite naive and easily influenced, mainly by Salus, uh, who seems to be the uh, opposite alignment, shall we say, uh, to herself. Um, and she can sort of get uh, a little bit impatient at times, and she's certainly competitive. There's been a couple of times in previous sessions where she's she's really had an axe to grind, or one on axe to grind with uh, yeah. other NPCs and other characters. So I think she's doing her best. I think you've been rocking a, a a flail recently as well, haven't you? A very uh, ominous looking really flail. Exciting new flail. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll be sure to uh, tell tell everyone at home what what we're rocking and what we're likely going to going to be using when we uh, when we're in battle. So. Um, yeah, no worries there. Looking at your stats, you've got uh, some pretty hefty stats for a cleric. Uh, strength of two, which is useful for obviously your, your uh, potential to hit things. A dex um, plus one, which obviously yeah, is, is okay in terms of of, dun of dungeon um, trekking, but uh, not not that useful for a cleric. And obviously your main stats, obviously constitution there, I can see a plus three. So you're really quite beefy. You are probably the tank of the party in that regard. Yeah, I, she doesn't mind like getting 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 stuck in, um, you know, getting her hands dirty. She she would not want to be at the back, healing up, but kind of wants to be more in the action. Um, I do want to point out I minus one in charisma as well. Yeah, so, you're not the most charismatic. Um, or intelligent. You're you're probably not the leader. You're more the follower, but you're a you're a follower with good ideas. I would say. That's, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Well, uh, it's it's uh, nice to introduce everyone at home to you, Lyra. Uh, let's have a listen to and meet the crazy person of the group. Let's listen to Salis. Salis, um, give us a bit of an idea as to who you are playing. Hello, I am Salis, and Salis is the brains of the party, even if the party don't acknowledge this. Salas doesn't buy into any of these stupid ideas of compassion and whatnot. If you're not for us, you are against us. If you can't fight, can't fight your way into the world, you don't deserve to live. This is how it is. And I think Salas, being the clever one, always tries voicing uh, his ideas. But nobody listens to him because they're kind of Salas is here and everybody else is lying down here. Uh, and Salas, being a mighty sorcerer of aberrant mind, destroys everything and everyone in his path without fault, always hitting and always delivering the most damage uh, about 30% of, of the time. So yeah, so Salas is great. Wonderful. Well, uh, uh, you mentioned about uh, not everyone listening to you. I think it may have something to do with the, your forked tongue. Um, many people may not be aware of what race you are. You are a yarn tea, and I understand that they are a serpent humanoid sort of character, um, or race, should I say. None of the actual characters in game know this, though. Um, although they may have some suspicions as to why you're such an evil bastard. Um, but yeah, so thank you for for introducing yourself, Salas. And uh, let's go to probably one of the more humorous and uh, and well thought out members of the bunch, uh, Blent, the mighty Milbar. <laughs> as you say, I'm uh, Alec, and I play Blent, the mighty Milbar. Uh, he is a dwarf, hill dwarf of uh, very short stature with the confidence and capability of a much, much greater dwarf. 
But nonetheless, he has for many years been a reliable and facilitating member of the DPA, the Dwarvers Plumbers Association. And uh, he's recently found himself short of work and into adventuring. And uh, he relies upon the little intelligence he has and the very specific knowledge of plumbing he has to really drive home and get through the day. And uh, whether that be attacking the first thing in sight or just mustering through and trying to understand what Salas has to say, he'll get there at the end of the day. He, he takes, takes a bit more uh, a bit more faith and support from uh, Lyra, his fellow dwarf. Uh, but being much older, he feels he is, of course, uh, in, inconceivably wise, despite being nothing of the sort. Yeah, I mean, like looking at your stats, uh, Alec, or should I say Blent, um, your strength is pretty strong, which is nice. One of your main stats, I would say, and, and a decent constitution to boot. You are a barbarian, so definitely strength and constitution are your main um, go-tos. Um, your character is, back, is, is unfortunately backed up uh, by uh, lack of intelligence, as you mentioned. And yeah, a mediocre wisdom. So uh, I think I think you do very well at portraying that in your role play for sure. But uh, yeah, you're you're useful in the battle uh, when you go raging. So it will, I hope. Yeah, can I say much like Glenn, I was very happy of that introduction to what's been going on because I've uh, not had much wisdom myself in that. So Glenn <laughs> now understands well, a great deal should, better. We should probably mention that um, Blent hasn't been part of the party the whole time. You were a pretty, another character, but they got. They died in a cave-in, uh, and Blent appeared out the hole that the cave-in caused. So uh, Blent is a, a newer member of the party, a very much welcome one. And yeah, thank you, Alec. Thank you, Blent, for introducing yourself. Let's go to the final member of the party, our Asimar druid, Atlas. Good evening, Atlas. Good evening. My name's Dan, and I play uh, Atlas. And as Mike has mentioned, I'm an Asimar druid, probably not a very common pairing there. No, definitely um, not. I mean, uh, Asmar are, are quite celestial beings, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, so um, Atlas's backstory is uh, from a humble druid beginnings, found by a group of druids in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't know how he became there, uh, who, who is basically his family were, was brought up as a druid, and uh, uh, due to various acts of kindness and... Uh, uh, looking after, he 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 has a kinship with animals and uh, and uh, very much uh, was 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 bestowed a celestial power for for the work he did. Um, I think Atlas is possibly maybe the guide of the group, um, maybe the more the moralistic, calming voice of the party, uh, kind of the the opposite of probably what we see with Samus, I would imagine. Um, I think he has come to come to kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek blows with, with Salas on a number of occasions, dragging him out of situations where uh, he has tried to antagonise whomever he can. But uh, I think there is some kind of bond there I between think that, the I think there definitely is, is a bit of a, of a bromance there, for sure. Yeah, there probably is. Not, not, not that Alice would ever admit to that. Um, and, yeah, very recently... Um, uh, Alice has been joined by his now now good friend, uh, who is a peregrine falcon named Flyer Labeth. Yes, you have got a recently uh, a, a pet you've recently uh, bought from a bestiary, 
and uh, yeah, you've got a peregrine falcon, and I think Salas has also got a pet called Mr. Sizzles, who, as you can probably guess by the name, is probably a snake, um, who occasionally, shyly, uh, pokes his head out of his cloak. But anyway, so those are our characters tonight. Just before we carry on with uh, our evening session, Atlas, you have got four strength. Four strength for an, a, um, a, a druid is, is, is very interesting. Um, I mean, is he is wearing um, some gauntlets? I believe that increases strength. That's true. Training. That is true. Well, so that's going to be where it came from. Gauntlets of Power or something. The Gauntlets of Power, yeah. Because yeah, no one else really wanted them, so he thought, oh, stick them on. Yeah, I mean, you could probably dish them out to someone who would use them better. But anyway, that can be an issue. An issue for another time. Um, I've just, I've just. Obviously got a message. I just want to double check that we're sounding okay at home. If anyone is watching, just let us know. I think it's going okay. My levels are all good, um, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, right. So let's crack on with this evening session. Hello again. You can probably see on our page we have got our oh, new follower. Thank you, Van Rood. Very nice to uh, that you're joining us. Um, our map is up and our, our dice roller is in the bottom. So if you want to see any of our dodgy rolls, we are notorious at rolling. We look very, very low. Hence the name, The Natural Ones. Um, yeah. Let's get on. So we are currently downstairs underneath the Bantham Per Manor. We have just um, fought, I believe, an imp that popped out of a pipe. And Blent killed it in a very unceremonious way. I think you drowned it in the, the small <laughs> little stream of filth. Of you would be correct. Blend, blend knows what blend knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the uh, the nicest way to dispatch of, of the small creature, but uh, but it's done. It's over, and you guys are free to carry on with uh, venturing round these tunnels. Um, can I just ask very quickly? Uh, you've got Ray with you. What's every, what's, what are your character's feelings towards Rhea? So Rhea is actually an NPC we have with us, and uh, she is a Hell Rider. Um, what's everyone's feelings behind Rhea? Blaine hasn't really noticed her, to be honest, and uh, he's impartial either way. Isn't she a bit of an annoying bitch, really? She, she's quite keen to... to kill this fabulous person doesn't want to kill a little maid that just basically grasps us it's unbelievable <laughs> well you speak your mind uh salas please please speak your mind <laughs> um atlas sees her as a valued member of the party although is a bit reserved he doesn't hasn't really had a chance to get to know her um, atlas prefers to kind of strike up a bond with people Okay, well, she, I mean, she is here to help you find Fabius. Um, <clears throat> she has in her mind that Fabius is likely to be the cause of Elchiroz's appearance, but she's not 100% certain. So she has asked for help, and uh, yeah, she wants to go in, uh, in the direction to find him as her main, as her, like, her main objective. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can achieve that on the way. There may be other things down here that we are unaware of. So I'm going to ask you guys, where would you like to go? You've got a northern corridor or the southern route of the corridor to head down. Where would you like to go? Before this rather rude imp popped out, we were planning on heading north, right? Yeah. Yes. 
You're heading north, okay. Uh, so I guess Blen Blen was probably leading the way, so we'll just keep going, I guess, and then uh, yeah. hopefully everybody else follows. Okay, feel free to uh, to all of you approach the corner, um, and you'll oh, have that little imp down there. You can see I'll just kill him off. He is dead, and uh, you guys can all approach around the corner, and uh, we'll see where we get to. So obviously it, it opens up to yet another corridor. And I think as Atlas and Blent come round, as you peek your head around this corner, you see that the stream, the dirty, stinky stream, carries on further. And you approach a T-junction with a path going up to the north and also a path carrying on further to the west. Um, in the distance, you can still see that haze of this strange smelling incense that has clearly been wafted around these corridors um, to ensure that these corridors are not as putrid smelling as um, as they probably should be. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a very nice smelling corridor uh, because of the, the, the feces and the, and the just pure sewage running past your feet. But this incense is doing a good job of covering that up. Um, Okay, uh, so where would you guys like to go? Are you happy to go? Well, no. I think uh, Blunt turns to the party and probably says something like, oh, all I know about sewers is uh, whenever you're looking for a problem, you've got to follow the flow of the water. Uh, Ray just harks and says, uh, I think for once the dwarf might be right. Yeah, I, I follow the plumber. Uh, he's the expert. And that's for Go on, Blend. Okay. Right, so as uh, Blend walks Blend. forward, Blend, can I ask you just to make a perception check, please? Sure. Blend looks rather sheepish that uh, everybody's trusting his decision making. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, da -da -da -da. perception check. Yes, please. Should we come up? Okay, 10. Um, now, you have got dark vision being a dwarf. So I'm going to say you you are able to see the shimmering of their their torches. I guess was what we probably would call them. They are holding uh, something uh, as they're walking around these corridors. You see in the distance two black cloaked men wearing gold plated masks, pointed. You'd almost say flame like, and they are. Walk, their backs are towards you, but they are not moving. They are standing with their... Well, what these torches appear to be fumigating some sort of of gas into the air. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, I think Blen would turn to the party and uh, probably, not quietly, but not loudly say, Oh, I think I've seen the uh, source of a hot blockage up ahead. <laughs> uh, point to the two living figures. And then he'd probably say, let's go and get it unblocked. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so uh, the rest of the party are obviously aware of what is going on. So feel free to walk forward. Uh, can I ask all of you to roll a stealth check, please? So I see a 19 from Blend. Oh, Very well done. He's more than a naughty little dwarf. <laughs> uh, 
five. 11 from Salas, a seven from Atlas, not great, a five from Lyra. Um, so because these corridors are quite narrow, they're only about 10 feet wide, and you're all quite eager to bloody your weapons today. Um, you're kind of hustling and bustling down this corridor without much regard for the small stream that is in the middle. And unfortunately, Lyra and, and, uh, Lyra and Atlas uh, have bumped um, or tripped over some of the crags that the water is hiding and you fall over. Um, can I ask both of you to make a dexterity saving throw just to see if you manage to not fall in the sewage, please? <laughs> Goodness, God. So a 17 for Atlas and a 13. So yeah, luckily, luckily you both managed to save yourself. <laughs> Lyra, with your short arms, is completely outstretched. You are literally an inch or two from being with your face in the water. Um, and uh, Ray literally just walks up behind you, grabs one uh, hand on the, on the scruff of your arm and just launches you up into the air. And she just whispers to your ear, you realise that shit down there, don't you? <laughs> I wasn't trying to smell it. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't smell, eat it, or touch it. It's probably going to be some sort of disease, my dear. All right, I'll touch that. Luckily, luckily, Lyra and Alice, the two men that are talking off in the distance have not heard you. Um, <laughs> because, you know... There is a, uh, there's quite a dampening in these walls, what with the moisture, and yeah, having caught yourself from falling into this stream, there was no splashes for them to hear. So for now, they are still looking the other way. Uh, what would you guys like to do? What's your plan of attack? Or do you wish to just av avoid them, evade them? Not, not. No, Blunt's uh, certainly can hear these guys tripping and falling around behind him. He's he's adept. He knows the sewer by the back of his hand. He's going to try and dash towards them and take them out of ways. Come on, Glenn. Okay. Uh, okay. Would you like to rage first, or are you going to go straight in there and... Uh, yeah, let's rage him up. Okay, and then, so yeah, on your approach, you can, you can engage yourself into a rage state, which you can use when, if, in when if we enter initiative in a battle. Uh, Having seen this Lyra and Alex, you're the closest people to Blend. What's your reaction to see your little plumber friend sprint off to the nearest enemies? I mean, can I? Do I? Do, do we recognise him? Do we? Do we know? Does they have any kind of uh, markings on that we would recognise before? Uh, could, do, could do a religion check. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you kind of know exactly who these people are, um, just from the, the 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 outline of their masks. Um, you can see that these are followers of Zariel, uh, the the arch devil of Avernus. Then a bunch of fanatics. Okay. Um, is there any chance that I, at the time of realizing that I can come just stop Glenn, or is he gone? <laughs> uh, he pretty much is gone. He, he's quite, you know, dwarfs aren't great long distance runners, but they're very dangerous over short distances. We dwarfs are dangerous over short distances. Sorry, Lotherin Square. I watched it the other day. 
Um, well, I think Atlas is mindful of his, his friends, so uh, he'll he'll start following him, but not quite as eagerly. Okay. Um, so I, I guess I just realised I, I, I didn't have any music on, so I've just shoved some music on for us to set that atmosphere. I um, think Salas would come behind Lyra and just start pushing her, being, come on, come on, just go! <laughs> Wait round as well. There, you saw us. Uh, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on yet. Just got off the floor. <laughs> I've not seen them. They're going to just smash everything without us. Just make a move. You just hear the unsheathing of the hilt of Rhea next to you, and Rhea just says, "Quickly, dears, else they'll tell the whole, the whole, um, you know, the whole guard down here we're here. So we better." Get, get on with it. And she starts to move forward as well. Uh, okay, so, Blen, as you're getting quite close, I'm going to ask you please just to make another stealth check just to see if they are still unawares of your loud clomping. <laughs> 18. Yeah, okay, right. Blent, I am going to give you uh, a surprise attack. Nice. Um, okay, I think as Blend is uh, running towards them, he's going to take out his Warhammer, and he is uh, running towards the back of them, right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he is going to try and throw all of his weight into the back of the knee of uh, the guy directly in front of him. Okay. And basically try and knock him off balance and into the river of sewage. Nice. So you're going to use your Warhammer to try and... Yeah, yeah. well, so just using that, then you can just simply roll to hit for me, please. Okay, so it wants to be about it, so I'm going to read. Um, okay. A 21 definitely hits. Good, good hits. Roll, and uh, we are rolling two-handers, so two 12. So 12 damage on this cultist. Um... You kill him. Explain how you kill him by knocking him into the sewage. <laughs> Obviously, after his success with the imp, Blend is he's, he's had his success with the imp. He's been buoyed on by the the rest of the party, wanting him to lead the way, mm-hmm. and he thinks that he knows everything there is to know about these sewers now. Yeah. So he's going to run up behind this guy, knock him in the legs to make him fall in the sewer. And then just jump on top of him and hear the last few gurgles come out of his mouth. And you, you just hear him as, as he approached that water. He's not sure what he's scared of more. Impending death or eating shit. He, he was like, <laughs> you just hear some like coughing and spluttering before he realises, yeah, I'm actually dead. And he's no longer present in this plane um his body is but his soul is not he is in the shitter and you have killed him his his accompanying companion next to him uh, drops the torch that he's holding this fumigating incense burning sort of torch and unsheath the sword and just screams um you know, directly looking into your eyes blent you'll pay for that you dirty dwarf roll initiative everyone please Exciting. Oh. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Great initiative, everyone. Yeah, not the best, Lyra. You could have uh, done slightly better than that. I'm just saying it is our first natural one of the day. It is yeah. our first hey. natural one. Well done. I think, I think Lyra, round of applause for Lyra. You started off into the boss fight. You've got it out of the way. It's okay. It's not a boss. It's literally one cultist. So you're doing okay. It could be way worse. So it's a 13 for Salas. That's a, uh, obviously a 2. Uh, for Lyra, a 13 for Atlas, and then to our little plumber, Blent, a 4. Not not great, but he has already had an attack, so it's not the end of the world. Luckily, our cultist uh, rolled a 2. So, yeah, we're doing pretty well. Everyone's going to get an attack on him before he has his go. And he has got his sword drawn, Um but having seen the numbers that are over his shoulder running towards him, he does not like his odds one bit. Um, and uh, Salas, you mentioned about Raya. I don't think we'll need her for this. She 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 just clips her sword back into her her uh, her scabbard and just says, "Ah, you've got this one." Okay, uh, so first up on our turn order, and I'll bring our turn order just down so I can see it better, uh, is Atlas. Atlas, would you like to take the initiative and dispatch of this remaining cultist? I would love to. Um, so, thanks. I can actually, um, Atlas will use something he's not done before. So he's going to try and find out which tab he's on. A good start, okay. Um, I'm assuming these are five foot squares. Uh, five, don't, 10, don't, 15, don't come 20. up near your tabs. I've got like twelve things on the go at once. I'm literally like spinning <laughs> plates with my D. So, I'm, well, I'm struggling with four, so okay. didn't bode well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to move up into contact with this uh, chat. I'm then going to use. I mean, so they're not going to be particularly strong. I'm going to use so a. Uh, Cantrip called Primal Savagery. Nice, okay. Yeah. I haven't used so far. Um, do you want to do, for those that haven't heard it, do you want to, just want to give a brief explanation of how it I, works? I will read the bio of it. Yes, so you channel primal magic to cause your teeth or fingernails to sharpen, ready to deliver a corrosive attack. Um, also, is it, oh, so it's acid based, is it? It's an acid based attack, yeah, it's a 1d10 of acid. Okay. Uh, so um, I assume it's a roll to hit then. Roll to hit, yeah. Go for it. Okay. A 13. Let me just double check if that hits. That just hits. Well done. Roll damage, yes. please, with your acidic nails. It's been a while since um, Atlas has done anything useful. So. <laughs> it, has, it has been a fair few, few goes, I will say. <laughs> a six. And six a six. Damage. Okay, so six acid. Now, this um, cultist... He's wearing some thick black uh, cloak and robes. Nothing major in terms of armour. Just a bit of leather to protect his uh, vital organs. But you can see your 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 very sharp um, and sinister-looking acidic claws just rip through that leather like butter. And you can see this, where your fingernails were once in his chest. 
there's a bubbling and a sizzling sound as it's starting to corrode through that lever, leaving him even weaker to any future blows. Uh, so six damage. He howls out in pain. You have drawn blood. He is not one happy chappy. Uh, Salus. Oh, yes. Salus will prepare his fireball and will just shout to, to Atlas, Duck! And he'll try firing the fire at the... Uh, or shooting fire at the 12 to hit. 12 to hit is the magic number. Go for it, please. Yes. And so the firebolt leaves Salus's hand and hits the cultist for seven damage. The seven damage. Uh, obviously, being two cultists, and Rhea uh, definitely had her trust well placed in you. How on earth do you want to kill that last remaining cultist, Salus? As Atlas ducks in the right moment, the fire hits the cultist, and he starts screaming, and the scream is first like a like a deep voice of a man, and then turns into a little child, almost like a little girl screaming, which makes Salus even happier than before. And then he just falls on the floor and just convulses and screams and tries putting the fire out, but it does not go out. He dies in absolute agony, and Salus just smiles and claps his hands. I, I would imagine he probably rather than burn to death, would, is you know, looking at that stream of, of feces as, you know, light relief. Um, alas, not going to be coming to him today. Uh, both not of today. these cultists were easily dispatched. So, yeah, well done. Very well done. That did not take you very long at all. Um, Raya just walks up and you know, very nonchalantly and says, See, I told you. You guys aren't that bad. I mean, you're not great yet, but you're more than enough to you know, handle and tangle with the uh, the likes of these cultists. Thank you. You're welcome. I have, I have a theory. You actually don't know how to use this sword. We've been in a few battles before, and I'm not sure you managed to hit anything quite well. So you know what? Next time, maybe you'll try showing some skill or anything. Maybe I would uh, I would rue the day that you uh, would experience my sword firsthand, Salus. It would not be a pleasant day for you. Yeah, I know. It's like using knife and fork at the table. Not a nice sight for me. I think we should nah, just, uh, just, we should just carry on. And if if we are to find any uh, any foes or or enemies worth my time, worth my sword. And it's uh, it's valuable time. Um, you will see my true prowess. I promise you. I promise you that I am not a hell rider for nothing. Mm, I think Pavis is really lucky that you're coming to get him. He stands a chance to really escape this Aaron. Well, he is a devoted uh, devoted follower of of Norm, and Norm has uh, and does bestow some pretty powerful magic upon its followers. So, if we are to find him, he will be a worthy match, I would say. Um, I keep a, an eye on where he puts his hand. For magical purposes, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't know what you meant there. Sounds like Lyra getting a bit worried there. Yeah, like, is he easy? Lyra, we'll sit together, of course, but uh, he is not the nicest and pleasantest of fellows. Um, 
But, you know, Norm is a god of self-sacrifice, so he can't be all bad. I will give him the benefit of the doubt if he is to, uh, is to have not had any dealings in the disappearance of Outrow. But I, unfortunately, I just don't see that being a realistic possibility. It disappeared and he wasn't there. And a few days later, he pops up, apparently, under the protection of the Vantam Pairs. I just find it too odd to, 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 yeah, to, to leave it alone. What about these guys? Are they, are they women? Are they look like Elzerol guards, these guys? Uh, these cultists? Um, I think uh, Atlas correctly spotted that these are actual uh, followers of Zariel, which is bizarre. Um, do you guys have any understanding of Zariel and uh, the history behind her? I, I'm, I certainly don't. I'm not surprised that Atlas has some knowledge, because obviously being Asimar, being Celestial... Oh, who's just rolling a... Oh, Salas, she's giving us a cheeky history check. Let's see if Salas knows. Salas, you actually have an idea. Obviously, you've read books. You uh, you don't sound smart, but you read smart. Um, so <laughs> you've read books about the uh, the magnificent um, arch, archangel turned arch devil that has uh, betrayed, her, um, betrayed her followers and uh, turned evil, an evil being inside... Avernus, and she is the ruler of Avernus now, having overthrown the previous ruler herself. And um, yeah, that. Yeah. And I also read some uh, some other books about her with pictures, and she's also not bad looking either. I mean, I should show you some. She was well regarded when she was an angel as an incredibly beautiful being. Um, now she looks very gothic. Um, that's what you're into. That's. Yeah. I think she's not, not a bad thing. No, yeah. no. I mean, it's, it's all about you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, um, and you're still uh, you don't really want to face one of those anytime soon because you will die. So, <laughs> beholder will kill you. While all this is going on, Blend is heaving um, this follower out of the sewage and trying to prop him up on the side. And as he does so, he's just serving a quick search of his pockets yep. to see if there's any coinage. Yeah, roll investigation, please. Investigation. Six, eight. Oh, no. You can't really find anything useful on him, but you do notice that this mask he's wearing has an easy, you know, detachable clasp, which you'd be able to just unclip and, and put onto your own head if you wish. Um, the mask itself looks quite valuable. And you have seen the incense fumigator that he uh, dropped on the ground. It needs probably reigniting. Um, it's kind of been stoked out by the by the impact of dropping on the floor. But it should still be useful should you wish to use it. I think Blend probably gives a bit of a cry of uh, despair and goes, "Oh, I'll never get paid for for doing my job well." And uh, guess all I have to take is this mask then. Don't know about that uh, incest burning thing down yeah. there. You can see the uh, the one that you killed. His gown is completely, you know, just saturated with sewage. Um, just the very look of it is making you, you know, have to you know, hold it back. Um, but the one on the side that Salas did burn, it looks relatively intact with a few singes. Obviously, singeing being black, so it's not that noticeable. I'll take the mask. On the other one, yeah. So there's two masks yeah. available. 
Yeah. I'll just take, take this mask and put it on, just to try maybe looking through the shitty water if I can see my reflection. Or in the mask? Yeah. Okay. Um, roll a perception check, please. Oh, yes, please. Okay, a five. <laughs> uh, the water is just too thick with solids to really reflect and shimmer back towards you. Um, you can't make out anything. Uh, in that case, I turn, turn around to Lyra and I say, Lyra, if I were a dwarf, huh? Uh, Salas, you look like shit. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. Raya just, just smiles and <laughs> says, uh, it's, not, it's not a good look for you, Salas. I've seen you, I've seen you be better. Uh, Alice <laughs> is all impressed. Um, being celestial, I think uh, this is something which. He doesn't want to be associated with anyone on his team like this, so uh, he's just going to do his usual kind of glare at Salas. Disappointment. I think you're just intimidated by how good it looks on me. I'm going to keep it on. Yeah, I mean, uh, can I show you guys a picture of what these uh, helms look like? Let me just go quickly see if I can find a quick picture. Um, so, Masks of Zariel. Uh, oh dear. Cultist. <laughs> Probably not. Um, okay. Well, this is not too far off the. Um, let me just. One second. Uh oh. Uh, that wasn't helpful. Um. Save image, yeah. I'll try. I'll try and get it after the break. But essentially, um, it is similar to other cultist uh, headdresses you've seen. But this one is rather than being just being sharp and pointy, um, the it looks like flames licking out of the actual head, and it's a, it's a very nice golden color. Um, so it could be worth something quite quite useful if you were to sell it. Um, Can uh, should we? Alice is. He doesn't like the feel from these two. He's um, got a bit of a bad feeling. He does like to try and loot the body, and then I think he's going to encourage his coven to smooth forward a little bit and carry on. Yeah. Um, okay, you can do an investigation check as well, please. And it's brilliant. It's a five. Yep, you can't find any coinage on them um, either. So. Uh, just to let you know, we have actually passed a, um, a door just here. You have noticed an iron door. And inside, oh, sorry, on the door, you can see it has got uh, an open receptacle with some iron bars blocking um, yeah, a small little window, essentially. Oh, Salas wants to take a look at this. Okay, yep, you can walk forward to this door. Uh, Ray ushers you past. She's in no hurry to look through herself. And could you run me a perception check, please? Most certainly. Wonderful. A six. Well, we are rolling wonderful tonight. And I guess I can probably tell you that this is a room filled with not a massive amount of stuff. You can just smell the the pungent smell of uh, maturing meat. It's a very dark, and you can feel the coldness just t- hit your face as you press your face to the uh, to the open s- slots of this door. 
can smell meat though. That's all really can smell. Hello, anybody in there? You, you get a few seconds, but no, no reply. So there's to be no one in there. Is the door? If I tried the, the handle, is it? Uh, would it open? You can try it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to try it. Okay, the, the handle itself is very cold. Um, obviously, it's been um, it made all the colder by by virtue of the, of the room on the other side being equally and um, if not even colder than the, the corridor you're standing in. And uh, yeah, it is unlocked. So, Lyra. Yes, sir. Would you like to join me here for one second? What are you doing? Are you uh, it, it, so I. Inside this room, there's some really nice stuff. I think there might be something of use to you. Uh, but, um, you see, I'm not the, the strongest person. How about you just open the door, go in, and I'll just follow you. What okay. kind of door? I, I thought that was an armor or something, shining nicely. It looks quite magical and useful. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so, Move out of the out of the way. Uh, yeah, just open the door, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just a bit worried, you know. I'm I've been hurt before, so. Uh, okay. You mean like emotionally? No, physically. In fact, I was uh, stabbed upstairs, and I was refused healing because apparently I tried killing someone that clearly deserved killing. But that's a separate story, isn't it? So, are you going to go in, uh, Salas, or are you going to? Uh... La is going in first. Okay. Right. So, Laura, as you walk in, you are just hit with this wave of pungent smelling uh, maturing meat. Uh, can you remember a perception check please? Yeah sure. <laughs> Stella rolls. I mean <laughs> with dark vision look at me. this room is not lit but even even the most you know it's really obvious what's in here. It's a lot of meat hanging on hooks. Um, this clearly must be uh, a storage refrigerator of such, or just a cold room. And you can see lots of different types of animals hanging on meat. Some venison, some boar. Um, yeah, they all look like they've been treated and, and flayed and, um, and uh, prepared and ready for maturing. And uh, you do see two large hooks emanating from the ceiling that are bare. And uh, just haven't got any uh, any animals on them as of yet. So and the, it, the, the 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 animals are just littered around the room, hanging from the ceiling. But I see nothing shining. Nothing that looks that magical. The the I guess the, the twinkle of uh, the two remaining hooks that uh, are, are bit not being used are probably maybe what uh, your friend Salas saw glistening. Salas. Come in, please. Where is the shiny armor? Oh, I I thought there was something in here. Oh, I'm very. It's, uh, oh, it's uh, there's no armor in here. I'm so sorry, Lyra. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Uh, I'll just leave the room now. Maybe there's nothing too interesting in here then. Uh, yeah, let's get going. Oh, okay. I'm going to cast another glance uh, around for any dinner interest. So there's obviously some potential meat there if you wanted it. There are two hooks there if you could find the knees for them. Or we can uh, we can just carry on down the corridor 
if we would wish. Agnes would like to uh, decide to point out that the water seems to uh, break off to the left and uh, ask him what he thinks about that. Oh, I mean, uh, last time we came across something like that, there was an imp that came out. <laughs> yeah, Atlas is uh, is likely right with his uh, great knowledge of plumbing, and he uh, realizes that this is yet another. Um, it's another little pipe into the wall. Uh, should we continue down the hallway, then, guys? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Nothing but meat in that room. Okay. Um, as you carry down the corridor yet more, uh, yet further, shall I say, you don't see any more of these cultists parading round the corridors, but you do see a series of doors emerging. So there's a door just to the north where you are, Atlas, and just where you are, Blend, there is a set of double doors in there. Can I do a perception to find out why? Can I hear anything? Can I, is there a, um, a grill to see through? Okay. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can. It's, it has no grill. It is just a, a blank iron door. Rather sturdy looking. Uh, it has got an etching on it, which appears to look like a knife and fork. Mm. Listening in, pressing really close to it, you don't hear anything emanating from the other side. However, knife and fork. Can I try and do this? Yeah, as you as you put your hand onto the cold iron hand uh, handle of this door, it releases and seemingly opens. Wonderful. Uh, what do I see inside? So, uh, roll me perception, please. Hmm. A seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, this appears to be a dining room with two large tables. No one appears to be in here, though. Right, brilliant. So I'm just going to turn around. And, uh, the guys, nothing in here. Uh, dining room. Uh, nothing in here. Yeah. I think uh, going to move up and then try the other door then. Yeah. Go on, Blend. You've been doing so, so well. So which door would you want to do? Sorry. The, the one to the south. I'm gonna try yeah. and open it yet? Yeah? Oh, well, just listen. Just listen. Uh, yeah, give me, give me a perception, then, please. Okay, a nineteen. Wonderful. So, as you approach this door, this door is much larger uh, than any of it. It's about eight foot tall. It's just below the top of the ceiling, which you know, the ceiling's actually about nine, ten foot tall. Um, so it's a very, very large door, double, double sets of doors, and you can see an inscription above the door written in some kind of runic language, but the actual runes themselves are um, glowing with a very fiery red sort of linger. Uh, <laughs> I guess Blend, in his frustration of not being able to understand any of that, is just going to try and handle do it, Blent. Okay. Uh, Blent, you can open the door and do, I, will, I will reveal what is on the other side for you. Okay. Lara, do you want to follow him? It might take two walks to open such a big door after all. 
It, uh, it opens right. with ease. It's not locked, luckily enough. Ah. Okay. So, what you see in here, and I will just uh, bring them to our lane now, just so you can see the better. Wait, and I adjust these. Let me just get them up. So, you're on that one. Take in. Take in. Okay, so go, can you guys see what's in there? Can you see what's in there? Um, yeah, blank can. Okay, blank can. Uh, and yeah, you open these doors. These doors are heavy. They open with a very large creak. And everyone pretty much inside this turns around en masse towards you. And as you've opened these doors, you've heard this chanting that was um, coming from you know, multiple people inside this room. Uh, a language you have no idea, but the chanting stops as they look around towards you, uh, Blent. Uh, Blent's going to step in. Yep. Uh, he's just going to cautiously step in. And he says, oh, 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 sorry there, fellas. I'm, uh, my name's Blent. I'm from the Dwarven Plumbers Association. I've been sent down here to uh, sort out a blockage. Uh, but chance you know where it is at all? Uh, can you roll me a deception, please? And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you advantage with this. Yeah. 11, yes. Eighteen. Okay. Uh, the nearest, um, the nearest cultist to closest to you, uh, he he puts his hand on his chin. And he just plumber. I mean, you do have many pipes, and so it could be. He looks to his colleague. Did did we order a plumber? And his his friend, his colleague, just shrugs his shoulders. Uh, well, let, let's hear the dwarf out. Um, yes, uh, yeah, you stated your business, obviously, Sir Dwarf. But uh, why are you in here? The issue of any plumbing. You have with us is not nothing here. Uh, Blend's gonna just sort of casually move a bit closer, but also start talking a bit louder as well, so that everybody can sort of hear where he's going. He goes, oh well, of course. Uh, blockage, blockage is what they sent me for. I mean, uh, I've been walking around here for hours and uh, came across two fellas in the hallway, but they couldn't help me, and they said maybe if I pop down here. Uh, you you lot might know more about it. And who sent you here? Do you, do you remember this person's name? Oh, I, d I don't remember his name, but you're wearing a, a golden mask with flames on. Uh, do you mean like the ones we're wearing? <laughs> yeah, that's the fellow. You know him. Uh, uh, that doesn't really narrow it down, I'm afraid. Um, do you have your work order with you by hand? Uh, You've got a bit of paper to prove why you're down here. I, well, I, just, absolute, I, just, I just don't it's think that's the absolute darndest thing. But uh, as I was uh, trying to find my own way, an imp jumped out on me. And uh, I, I had the order in my hand because I thought it might have a map on it to the blockage at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as he jumped me, uh, I panicked a little bit, uh, grabbed him with the hand that was holding the work order and uh, uh, routinely pushed him into the sewerage. And uh, unfortunately, that destroyed my work order. Oh, 
I'm even more confused than I was when I started. I to be honest, I couldn't tell you how to get back to the beginning. I'm so confused, sir. Are you here to do some work, or are you here to bullshit us about? I'm here to, I'm here to unblock the blockage. And you just hear a very uh, loud, booming cackle from down the end of the corridor. So if you want to take a couple of steps closer, Blake, just to see who this cackle may be coming from, um, you see a very large... Um, Spined fiend sitting uh, on the steps of this, what looks to be an altar of some sort. Um, just from initial gazing around this room, Blaine, as you've entered, you've seen there are two rows of large candlestick um, lights uh, in this chamber. Uh, one each, sorry, each of these are bearing nine very, very large flickering candles. Um, a seven-foot-tall statue of an angel with white glowing eyes can be seen holding a longsword, standing atop a, la- a large a precipice to the south, just by this altar. Um, a six-foot-tall fiend with his spines bristling just stands in front of this statue. And there obviously are four men you can see in front of you, each with these golden devil masks. Around the room, you can see nine tapestries, and these each depict one different layer of hell, as you can see their names imprinted above them. And this cackle starts to diminish, and you just see this this fiend walk forward to you, step by step. They send a dwarf down here. Do they? Well, I don't think Phantom Purr needs the likes of you to help us. We sort our own businesses out. Oh, oh this is uh, this is absolutely outrageous! I tell you, I've been sent here as a as a, a fiduciary member of the Dwarven Plumbers Association to undertake these tasks. Enough, Dwarf! I have had enough of your you, dirty you tongue. You are not qualified to conduct the work that I can do. You enter <laughs> this temple and you you carry on wa- waffling. I will cut it from your throat at once. Seize him! And this dwarf, this uh, fiend just... Un- unsheaths its weapon and all the men inside all unsheath theirs as well and I would like everyone even those outside in the oh, corridor this is a very audible conversation that the fiend has, uh, has littered around this room with, the, with his voice uh, you <gasps> know what's going on so I'm on play. Roll this team. Okay. Wow. so we've got two nat two 20s nat 20s. Very, come very on nice. so 21 21 for luck well done, Salas and Atlas, 21s. Uh, and we've also got a very high roll for Lyra, a nice 15, and then a 10 for <laughs> our cheeky dwarven plumber. Um, so you can see uh, in front of you, then, you've got this large spine devil. Uh, he is quite demonic looking, kind of like dragonish looking. Um, but more, it's like someone's mixed a snake with a with a with a porcupine. It's really odd looking. <laughs> uh, purple skin, bristling teeth, sharp white eyes, 
and he's accompanied by three of the golden mask cultists, all similar dress of what you wore, of what you've seen previously in the corridor. But one of these is wearing a maroon cloak, and his headdress is slightly smaller, more of a masquerade sort of size and mask. Uh, he looks a bit heftier and beefier than the others, a little more grizzled in the face as well. And they are all, even with the mask on, you can see the look of furies in their eye. Furies, should I say, in their eye. And uh, they will all roll initiative pretty well as well. But I'm going to say, yeah. because of their wonderful roles, Atlas and Salus are top of the order. Atlas, um, I'm going to ask you, could you please have a go at sorting this mess out? Right, um, so Alice will just step into the room and use part of his movement to come in just so we can have a clearer idea of what is going on. Um, with this horned devil, can, is, he, is he wearing anything? Is he holding any weapons? Is uh, it a sword that sounds like? You can do a perception check, please. You are quite far away, but you can do a perception check. Oh, oh yes. Brilliant. Okay. Um, you rolled a whopping nine. So you're not too far away, Atlas. You are within the doorway, so you're only about 25 feet away. Uh, you can see he has got a fork, a large sort of trident, but it only has two prongs, so it's a large fork. Uh, but he, you know, he has large teeth, and uh, he's got a very, very um, dangerous-looking uh, tail with spines all encompassing it, so the tail itself could also be a weapon. Is the fork metal? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's, uh, cool. it's like a, bit, right. a mixture between a trident and a javelin, it's very, very large. Um, in that case, Atlas would like to use a second level spell. Um, he'd like to use the spell Heat Metal. Heat Metal, okay, go for it. It is a constitution saving throw. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. He has rolled a 16 on that saving throw. Okay, so sorry, baby, she's not doing that. You'll get to heart and future physical contact with the when you cast a spell. So, whatever happens, he gets this, he gets the damage. The constitution is whether he can throw down the item or whatever it is. I okay, so he, he's, he's forced to drop whatever he's holding, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So he, no matter what, he takes 2d8 of damage. Okay, right. Roll your 2d8 damage, please. 13 damage on the Spined Devil. Wonderful, nice first attack on him. Let me just double check his resistances. Um, oh, that's fire damage, you say, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yes, uh... You can see, you can, you can visibly see his metal fork heating and it's going hot white and he looks in no discomfort whatsoever. Uh, no apparent damage has taken place. Shit. <laughs> um, my... Okay, I'm going to use a bonus anyway. As always, I will use shillelagh. Okay. So you use your bonus action to increase your the end of your bird staff into a large bulbous uh, blunt instrument. Um, and I will finish my movement by keeping out of the way for the time being. So I'm being in line of sight. Okay, so you, you, you've 
cowardly run out of the room and left Blent in there with four, no, five. It's really bad, isn't it? I feel yeah. like I should have done that. It's not the you most should, right thing, but it's fine. Um, you I panic. feel like Samus. It's fine, you've, you mean, you, you've tried something, it hasn't paid off, and you're just a bit embarrassed. And look, you know, yeah. it happens to everyone. You'll have an opportunity to make up for it on the next go. Uh, if Blent's still alive, um, we shall see. Uh, it's Salas's go, Salas, come and see. You the feel day. like Salas, and Salas actually had a brilliant idea. And Salas walks into the room and he scans the room briefly. And so he sees the weird creature, and I think he sees a hooded person they stand out the most from the crowd to Salas, I reckon. Um, and I think Salas will cast uh, a witch bolt, first level witch bolt, uh, but also he will expend one point uh, of my meta magic in order to cast it on two um yeah two enemies at once that's fine targets and i think i will choose the hooded person and the uh, the spine dragon okay so the so three creatures to the bottom right yep uh-huh okay go for it roll to attack please so twice twice so and that 20 very nice oh yeah very good <laughs> okay and the second one 20 blimey <laughs> Wow. Okay, let me just double check. They both hit. Um, yeah. So they both hit quite convincingly. Uh, who would you like to do the critical on? I'll let you choose. I'll do the critical on the. Uh, I'll do it on the on the hooded person. So this one here, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So uh, yeah. Okay. So you can do your double the dice on his. Roll. So do you roll for the the spine devil first? Okay, spine devil here. Oh great. One lightning. <laughs> okay, let me just double check that he's not resistant to that because then uh, if he is, then uh, he may not receive any damage. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not resistant to it, so he's okay. Brilliant. He's okay. Uh, so he will receive one damage from that witch bolt. Wonderful. And go for your double roll. So six. So oh, done. this is okay. So what? What? How did it roll it? Yes. So just just uh, just roll two d12 and add together. Okay. Well, let's say it's one six, and then roll. Sorry, so I'll just type in roll one d12. Uh, well, it's uh, so what, six and six. Yeah, six, six and six. And that's fine. So you can roll. You can get twelve damage from that. Yeah. On yeah, the okay. um, the maroon cloaked man. Um, yes. The, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, that witch bolt you fired at the spine devil barely even touches him. It literally just like glimmers off his um, rather spiny scaled body. Uh, he doesn't look you know, very impressed by it at all. In fact, you see a nice little wry smile come out and some teeth start to show. Um, and you just hear him say, My lord Zariel. She would not be very impressed with that kind of magic in her temple. We'll have to show you how it's really done. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm not a coward and I'll stay there. And I'll maintain the spell on these two people for the next round. Okay, that's fine. So your, your witch bolt is emanated. You're using one for each hand. Yeah. And that link of lightning energy is just, uh, just um, yeah, staying in place. Okay, um... Next up in the order is the Maroon Cult Fanatic. 
Um, he is just going to use his movement and he's going to try and just slice you down, I'm afraid, Salas. He wants to get rid of that quite painful electrocution you're giving him. Um, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's being currently fried as we speak by your witch bolt and he wants to stop that because I assume witch bolt to concentration, isn't it? Yeah. So if you take uh, damage, you'll have to do, I believe, yeah. a saving throw. Is it wisdom, I believe? I think so. You have so to, it's, um... I think it's the, the saving throw of whatever your whatever, whatever ability you, you use to cast the spell, essentially. So, yeah, but you can double check that, uh, right? So, he is actually going to use um, he's got a dagger, not, not the most impressive creature, uh, uh, weapon, should I say? But he's just going to use his multi attack to try and slice you up twice like a kipper, okay? Uh, so two rolls of his dagger, the first one's a six. Uh, as he brings his dagger and trying to thrust it to your throat, you manage to uh, bring up your 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 arm with your lightning out of it, and you just manage to shock him back slightly. But he again uh, rebuttals that with another slice, and this is an eighteen. It definitely hits. Definitely hits. Okay, he has rolled a seven piercing damage on that as he um... ma- as he makes contact with you, and uh, you can just see blood starting to emanate around where the knife has been has been pulled out and it's leaving you fe- feeling quite weak indeed Salas and yes. I think the, the enormity of the task at hand is now starting to emerge on you you may not be completely outnumbered because you have got friends to come in but these foes look awfully awfully powerful yeah and I think so because of that you have to do a saving throw, please. Yeah. It's, um, right, it's a constitution, it seems. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Is it DC 13? So what's the DC on it? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm not entirely certain, to be honest. Uh, I'm still trying to look it up. I would assume uh, it's your, it should be your spell casting. Well, no, no, my DC is on thirteen. On that. Yeah, so the fourteen should be fine then. Okay. Okay. Right. If 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 you read more and figure it out, something different, I'll let it go for this once. But um, yeah, just double check going forward. Yeah. Good. One. Um, Sorry, Mike. That's fine. It's okay. No problem at all. Uh, so uh, you managed to do obviously some damage to him. He's done some damage to you, but you still have that witch bolt going on. Uh, so it could do some more damage next time. Uh, up on the order next is this cultist right in front of Blent. He is going to use his scimitar, which he's now uh, unsheathed, and he's just going to try and slice Blent right down his face. Let's see if he can hit. That's an eight to hit. No hit. No hit, okay. Uh, he's not going to move, he's just going to stay ready to hit you again. This cult fanatic is going to move over and try and hit you as well, Blent. Okie dokie, and he's going to do another scimitar attack. And a 13 to hit. No hit. Okay, and then the final cultist is going to gang up on you and try and hit you as well with, guess what, his scimitar. And that is a natural one. 
in his haste to be useful, he has tried to uh, to you know, try and flank you, uh, and he's gone for a nice swishing motion of his scimitar. He has unfortunately caught the uh, the, the cultist to his right, and I'm going to roll damage on that. That uh, will be four damage to his friend. Okay, so that's cultist A receives four damage. Okay. And his friend just looks so confused as to what's happened. He's now, he's grasping his side, clutching it, and, and realising it's, it's blood on his hand. How the hell did that get there? He looks at his friend. Don't hit me! Hit the dwarf! Glenn uh, just gives a, a wry smile and says, <laughs> You lot are about as effective as a chocolate teapot. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, um, that's all the cultists having gone. I believe after the cultists it is our remaining dwarf, Lyra. You're up to the party. What would you like to do? Hey. She's just not so what's going on? Well, I don't think it's Quite far away. Quite far away, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I just come out of the other room. Um, oh, there's a lot of people in here, so... First reaction is to uh, use Toll the Dead. My cantrip. Well, the hooded fellow. First person. What, what cantrip, sorry? Toll the Dead. Toll the Dead, yeah, okay. Uh, what's the constitution saving throw on that? It's a wisdom, wisdom. save. Okay. Uh, which one, sorry? The hooded guy, the nearest one. One to the right, yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, a wisdom saving throw on him will result in a whopping nine. Oh, that's a fail. Okay, roll um, damage, please. Full damage. So they've already taken damage. Yep, they have. Yes, he has. It's one decent. Necrotic. Necrotic, and he can't heal that back, so that's good. Okay, five. Five. It's uh, okay. It's admirable. Uh, okay. It's enough to uh, to make him take notice of you for sure. Um, he's now looking slightly weakened in the face, but he still has a bit of vigour uh, and, uh, and power still left in those quite bristling forearms that are emerging out of his his cloak. Um, he grits his teeth and bears with the pain. Uh, after you, Lyra, it will be the Spined Devil who steps forward into the fray. And what is our Spined Devil going to do? He sees his men getting beaten uh, and you know, buggering about with their swords. And uh, ooh, what is he going to do? Hmm. He is going to use his tail... And the really bizarre thing about his tail is that, like a porcupine, he can shoot spines off of it. Um, so he directs his tail towards Salus, ah. and he is going to shoot his tail spine. And he's going to fire two of these spines right towards you, Salus. Okay. Yes, please. Okay, so one is an 18, one is 11. 18 definitely hits. Okay, the 18 hits you. Uh, one of them uh, just flies past you, this purple large spine the size of a small dagger, just hurtles past your ear. Um, and the other one just catches you in the midriff. The spine itself is hurting you. And then you notice 
that purple spine starts to sit, starts to go black and sizzle, and it catches fire as it embeds itself in your torso. Uh, so it does some piercing oh. damage, four piercing and three. Apologies, I'm reading the wrong one. It does six piercing damage and two fire as it oh, burns um, the entry wound. Uh, so eight damage in total. You're asleep. Yeah. Okay, so this knocks you down. Obviously, that ends your two witch bolts on the two, yeah, uh, two <laughs> main side. Lyra and Blent, you see your colleague fall to the ground. Um, as you're falling to the ground, Silas, any uh, any potential last words? Oh dear. And uh, just topple them back. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, you know that's a good little quote to put on your gravestone for sure. Um, Salas is now asleep and unconscious, uh, reeling from this large purple spine that is now sticking out of his gut. After the uh, the spine devil, who actually gives a bit of a cackle again, <laughs> um, after felling you, uh, it will be the next on the order, which is Rhea. Uh, Raya rocks up around the room, so one, two, three, four, five, six, she gets 30 foot, oh, is it 30 feet? Let me double check of movement. Uh, she gets, her speed, it is 30 feet. Um, and assessing the situation, she sees you on the ground, um, Salas. Oh. And she just huffs to herself. <laughs> well... If I don't get him up, he won't see my sword at work, and if I, if I do get him up, he will see it, but I might be, not be able to use it. Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Ugh, what the hell. And she, she bends down, unfurls one of her potions, and starts draining it into your open mouth. That is, the you know, tongue flaying out of one side, a bit of foam emerging down your chin. Um, and a few simple massages of the neck enables this potion to find its way down into your stomach. Uh, and it is a, it's a regular potion, it's nothing special, she wouldn't waste it on you. Um, so I believe a regular potion is two, uh, 2d4 plus 4, let me double check. So potion Ooh. of healing uh, is 2d4 plus 2, sorry, 2d4 plus 2. So, and with my uh, lovely peripat of wound closure, I can I get to double any hit die. Oh no, that's enough hit die. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll, so I'll just do. It. Oh, sorry. I'll, well, <laughs> I'll just say I'll roll it. But um, a two d four plus two. There you go. You can have the ten, Salas, because it is, it is Raya rolling it for you. Okay. Thank you so very much. You get ten points of uh, health restored to you. And you cough a bit on this as you actually wait. You, you've woken up from this uh, pain-induced slumber before all the potions made its way down, and you just see upside down Raya just looking at you very blankly, and she says, "Oh, well, I would uh, get up if I was you. I'd like to use my sword." <laughs> okay. And she uh, she stands up, draws her sword and uh, readies it to charge at one of the cultists on her next go. Okay, so you are now awake, Salas. You can wake up. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that's Raya's go. 
it brings us on to the remaining member of the party who is completely surrounded pretty much by cultists. It's Blent. Blent, what would you like to do? I think Blent is, uh, after all that chat and disrespect um, to the Dwarven Plumbers Association, Blent is going to enter into an absolute rage. That's the first thing. Uh, and then he's just going to take his Warhammer and he is going to strike the uh, cultist in the centre. Okay, right. So this one, oh sorry, no, the middle one, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, cultist A, roll to hit please. A does Ooh. not hit, I'm afraid. Just narrowly <clears throat> misses as you, as, you, as you just see the Warhammer collapse between his legs and make impact with the ground, uh, cause it to reverberate. A bit of dust comes down from the ceiling. Uh, your arms really hurt after that because uh, the ground has no purchase. And uh, yeah, it's hurt your forearms a little bit. But alas, you're fine. You're hurt um, that's, that's everything. Not going to move, so back to the top. Okay, right. Uh, that brings us on to top of the round then. Uh, Atlas, you are outside. You haven't seen your friend Salas go down, uh, but he's already up again. So, to your knowledge, no one's hurt himself. Right. Um, Atlas has got over himself in a bit of a twat and has decided to uh, stroll back in a little bit sheepishly. He's going to come across to the side around here. Um, and he would like to use the second level spell. Uh, he would like to use the spell Moonbeam. Moonbeam, wow, okay, right. Uh, what's, yeah. the radi- what's the radi- radiance? Not radiance, what was the level before? Uh, so it's a 40 oh. foot cylinder. Yeah. Um, it is 5 foot radius, though. Radius. There we go. Um, uh, and I can do it in a range of up to 120 feet away. So I'm going to go after um, the spine devil. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to plant it on him. So he needs to make... Uh, so he gets 2d10 damage unless he makes a constitution 13 saving throw. And if he does, he only gets 1d10 of... Um, is it celestial damage? It's Radiant damage. <laughs> so yeah, two D ten then. Okay. Yeah, him. he's not resistant to uh, celestial damage, so that's actually. So radiant. So. Radiant. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, radiant damage. So two D um, two D ten is seventeen damage. Blimey. Decent amount of damage there. Um, yeah, that's hurt him quite a lot. Not the lie, guys. He is, he is uh, you know, just seeing this white light blow its way down from the ceiling and just pummel him into the ground. He's finding it hard to stand up and you can just see his his limbs are weakening and that cackle is long gone. Uh, he's not looking happy one bit. Um, anything else you'd like to do, Atlas? Um, can I... S- do, am I aware of any of my um, team who are looking pretty worse to wear? Um, I look around at them. Do a perception check. 
Okay, uh, who... Show of hands, who's looking pretty, pretty duffed up? Um... That's probably Salas. You can probably see Salas, who's just actually getting up to his feet, having been revived. So, Salas. Okay, perfect. Um, okay. Can I use a bonus action? In fact, ignore me. What I wanted to do, I can't use a bonus action anyway, so... Uh, that'll be my go down. Okay, wonderful. That brings us on to Salas's go. You have arrived okay. up from the floor, having been um, yeah, taken from the snatches of death by Rhea's potion, what would you like to do? I think Salas noticing, kind of putting two and two together, and it turns briefly to Rhea and just pats her on the shoulder and just nods briefly, and then turns towards the hooded figure, and Salas does not like the hooded figure, and he wants to just extend his hand and cast Poison Spray on him, which okay. require a constitution uh, of 13. Having just patted on her, Rhea just quickly utters, uh, Salas, I, I'm, I'm not a dog. Okay, well, whatever. It's not going okay. to get anything better than that. What would you like uh, to do to the, uh, the, the fanatic? What would you like to do? Uh, poison spray, and I need him to uh, do a constitution 13 saving throw. He gets a 12. Wonderful. Woohoo! Okay, full damage then. 11 damage. Very, very nice. Uh, spraying this straight into his face, you can see his almost gone blind with the sheer amount of poison just dripping down his cheeks uh, he screams and it reverberates around this large um, you know echoey temple you now stand in um, yeah it's right next to you it's quite bone chilling and his cultists just to the left of him look quite wary um, if he can be hurt what's to say that they can't Bring us to the cult fanatic's go. He uh, he brings up his cloak and just wipes that poison off his face, and he readies himself for his own go. And he is going to cast a spell. Okay, he is going to cast a. Oh, there's a first level spell that I could do. Yep, he is going to cast uh, a spell called Inflict Wounds. Okay. Oh. And it's going to attack you, Salas. Oh, lovely. How it goes. Oh, I need to roll it. Roll it, please. There we go. Uh, okay, he rolls. Rolls. That's all good. A 14 to hit. Oh. I think Salas will, as his reaction, yep. try using shield on himself, which means that actually you don't hit me now. Okay, so you get plus five to that. Does that use a spell slot, yeah? Yeah, it just okay. mark it off. That's fine, mark it off, and yeah. Okay, so you actually see this incoming blow as um, he, he brings his hands together, and, and as he pulls them apart out emerges a green necrotic energy uh, a very like blunt looking instrument that he wants to try and smash you with and th this blow comes to no effect it shimmers off this seemingly translucent force field you've created at but the last moment and uh, he looks in dismay as no damage has been dealt to you 
He looks quite worried now, as do his cultists. Uh, the Spine Devil, however, not too, not too fast. Not too fast. Okay. Not too fast. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, right. After you, then it is. The, uh, after straight after cult fanatic, it is cultist A. It's scimitar time, Blent. So I'm trying to hit you with his scimitar. So he swipes down his large, slightly curved sword at you. A twenty-one to hit. That will hit, that but because of rage, I will have resistance. Yep, so yep. he'll just do three points of his slashing damage then. Uh, Cultist B will take a slice with his scimitar. And 11 to hit, I would assume that probably misses. And then that does indeed. Yep, Cultist C will use his scimitar. And it's a 15 to hit. No hit. Okay, wonderful. Yes. So only three damage from that round. Um, all three of them just are looking at each other saying how on earth can we not deal with this one pesky dwarf okay. oh, Zariel will not be looking down not, will not be looking up at, up at us with, a, with much delight um, the spine devil just, just like mutters behind them when you die and from the looks of it you are going to die Zariel will not look kindly on you three they all look petrified now. Um, yeah, Lyra, what would you like to do? I'm gonna come into the room and help out my buddy Blunt. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I want to attack the cultist in front of me now with my radiant hammer. Roll two, two, two-handed, yeah. One-handed. One-handed. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Roll then. That's no problem at all. An eight to hit does not hit, I'm afraid. Uh, he merely just brings his scimitar, and you just, rather than making contact with him, that scimitar being in the way is just done enough to deflect your blow in time. And uh, no dice on this go. Anything else you'd like to do? Bonus at all? No, I'm just going to growl at them. <laughs> I think growl. I can do nothing else. Uh, <laughs> angry. Uh, he, he's not quite freaked out, um, having been reprimanded by the devil behind him. Uh, but you've actually eased that and made him smile a little bit, <laughs> and he just goes back to you. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, definitely not. Um, after you, Lyra, it is the spine devil. The Spine Devil is going to approach. He's looking quite weak now. And I'm assuming, does the Moonbeam follow him, uh, Atlas? No, I have to move it myself. You have to move it yourself. Okay, so he's actually going to move out of the Moonbeam. And he is going to... Um, he is going to walk up to you, Atlas. He's coming for you, I'm afraid. <laughs> And he's going to make two attacks with his bite and then also try and hit you with his spine, his tail spine. Okay. So mm-hmm. two bites. Roll. Okay, roll like a million things at once. Uh, so the first two bites are four and a nine. Nope. And then 
the first nice. tail spine was a 12. Nope. Okay, uh, so he's got up close and personal, and he, he, you're just having none of it. He cannot touch you. In his weakened state, he is not at the races at all. Uh, after the spine devil, it is Reyes Go. Uh, Reyes Go taps uh, Salas on the shoulder. Uh, and no, actually, she taps Salas on the head and says, Oh, my dear Salas, you've not done a great deal in this fight so far apart from rest on your laurels. I'll show you how a, a real warrior kills things in battle. And I'm ready, runs, yeah, go on. Runs forward in between both this cultist here and the spine devil and she will use her multi-attack to try and make an attack on each of these enemies with her longsword okay okay um let's roll her longsword a five and a 13 okay so she misses <laughs> she does miss uh, one of the cultists but she does hit uh, the Spine Devil with her second blow. And since she's doing it two-handed, she can do that. It's a six damage, but it is enough to dispatch this Spine Devil. Uh, the cultist just you know, ducks from her initial longsword blow, but then she just brings back the longsword to the opposite direction and just completely lops off the head of the Spine Devil. Uh, Atlas, can you do a dexterity saving throw, please? <laughs> 13. <Nice. Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> so the, the head is being chopped off, and it comes flying towards you. And it's quite a heavy head, and it's completely covered in spines. So if you weren't to duck as quickly as you did... That would have made a nice little uh, pin cushion on your face. So uh, good job there, Atlas. Well done. Um, the devil is dispatched. It slumps to the floor, bot on its knees first before its muscles give way, and it lies dead, pooling blood on the floor below it. Wonderful. He is gone. Uh, Rhea says, "Ah, well, not my best, but uh, you'll be next." As she looks at the cultist with a very very you know, teeth. Bad smile, and after uh, the veteran, it will be uh, sorry, after Ray, it will be Blent the Mighty Millbar. <clears throat> prowess with your Warhammer, please, Plumber. Uh, he's gonna just try again, same, uh, same uh, cultist in the center, okay, and oh, a 10 to hit, same cultist in the center. Let me just double check their AC. Uh, no, it's low, but it's not that low, I'm afraid. As uh, okay, for his bonus, um, two-handed is obviously not working out for him, so he's just going to pull out his hand axe and switch to dual wielding. Okay, that's fine. So you can have two attacks on your next go. Um, yeah, no problem at all. Uh, Blent, that was your go. Atlas, you are up. You've just seen the devil dispatched in front of you, the spine creature, um, just completely obliterated in terms of its head. Uh, there are still many foes left in the room. Your colleagues are in help, need of help. What would you like to do? 
Um, Alice is going to just chuckle. <laughs> the devil never wins. Um, and he looks straight at the hooded figure. Um, he's going to move his moonbeam right over this chap with a bonus action. Okay. Um, so, just to let you know, I think that this one gets... Nope, he doesn't get any saving throws on, um, on, um, on magic. I read that wrong. Um, yeah, so uh, what's the, the constitution? Constitution 13. It's a negative, it's a negative one, it's a uh, natural one. So, yeah. Um, you don't double your damage, but you can just do full damage. Awesome. Um, excuse me. Okay. So eight brave damages as you, you just see, uh, like the hammer of dawn from Gears of War, this large laser-like beam merging from the ceiling, just obliterating the tiled floor as it comes along, hurtling towards the masked man in front of you. And he looks up and you just hear him say, oh shit on it. And it just completely <laughs> obliterates through his body and just just giblets and blood and skin burst everywhere uh, he was a balloon that was meant to be popped and it was popped all over you like a big pussy spot um, <laughs> red and pussy, it's quite gross uh, who's actually quite in the vicinity uh, I would Salas. assume Rhea is Salas <laughs> and one of the cultists is as well uh, can I ask uh, Salas to do a uh, constitution saving throw, please? Always. Nice. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll do Raya's as well. <laughs> she's got 21. Yeah, she's fine. So both Raya and you, uh, Salas, do not get grossed out by the, the sheer amount of gore that's just exploded in front of your eyes. Um, and, like... You can't even see the body in the floor. That beam of light, of radiant energy, has just completely disintegrated it in front of you. Uh, so, unfortunately, uh, he is no longer there. Um, yeah, nice work. Thank you, Atlas. Uh, Salas, what would you like to do? Alice has not finished yet. That was what a bonus action. Have you got a bonus? Have you got a... Uh... No, that was my bonus action. Okay. Right, go for it. Um, um, what about the cultist? Yeah. Sorry? What about the cultist? Oh, the... the, the yeah, I'll get him to do a, consti a constitution thing. Yeah. Uh, 12, so he passes as well. So he's fine. He's okay. He managed to hold it down. He's grossed out by it. I think I think you all are. But uh, now he's throwing up from him. His, uh, uh, so Atlas is now feeling pretty pleased himself. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't... He very rarely contributes much because he tends to roll absolute shit on his attacks. So, feeling pretty good. He kind of flexes his chest a little bit and uh, makes some comment about kind of uh, good, always triumphing over evil. Decides to walk up to this chap here and uh, just absolutely smack him around the face with a shillelagh. Twat him over the head with that nice bulbous staff of yours, please. Atlas, roll to hit, please. 
19 to hit. That definitely hits. What's your damage? A six. Wonderful. Um, yeah. As you actually make contact with him, uh, you know, like when you shake a dirty rug outside, you just see all the crap fall off of it. <laughs> as you lomp him with your massive uh, wooden shillelagh, just all the gore and spatter makes its way off his cloak onto the bloke next to him. So you just transferred all the crap onto the person next to him. Um, and this, this shillelagh is caught right in the sternum. And it's, it's, he's lost his breath. He's just... <gasps> you just see him looking like he's about to, uh, about to croak. But he catches himself and he catches his breath once more. And he manages to keep himself standing. He's not dead, but he is severely wounded. He probably had broken a few ribs for sure. Um, yeah, nice work there, Atlas. A very, very effective go. Salus, you've seen Raya kill people. You've seen Atlas kill people. I'm, I'm feeling there's a bit of expectation on your shoulders here. What would you like to do, please, Salus? Uh, I think Salus, seeing the situation and standing near the first cultist that Atlas just hit, he, want to, he would want to cast a chill touch. A chill um, touch. So a massive ghostly hand would come up from the, the ground to... Um, Hit that cultist. This one 23 to, be, yeah? to hit. Yep. Okay. Uh, 23 definitely hits. Uh, and it delivers three damage. Three whole damage. Funnily enough, uh, that is the magic number you need. How do you kill me? Yes! So massive ghostly hand just kind of appears from the floor, and this guy just being a bit winded feels a grip just kind of tightening around him and gets even more winded and more winded. And just kind of like just goes and just drops. Uh, as it, it realises its impending doom, with the little breath it has left, you just hear it croak, My mistress, Ariel, forgive me. And it just succumbs to this necrotic force that you have you know, given it. Um, poor bloke, he is gonzo. Uh, that does bring us to the cult fanatic who, well, he has uh, been... I'm not really sure what he's been made to. Missed? I'm not really sure. Uh, he is gone, obviously. And this will bring us to the rest of the cultists. Now, cultist C is dead. A and B are still alive and kicking. A is going to be very, very cliche. And just, you know, if it, if it, if it doesn't work the first time or the second time or the third time, maybe the fourth time. Let's see if this scimitar will find its way onto you, Blent. It's a six, so not this time. Uh, Cultist B looking at the you know, equally small dwarf of Lyra. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to have you for breakfast, I think. Let's see if it can uh, use its scimitar as badly as its, as its colleague. A 17 to hit. I apologise. Oh, uh, my armour is 17. So it just hits uh -oh. them. Uh, okay. It will cause seven points of slashing damage on you. Wow. Pretty good hit. But I think it's probably like the, the most damage they've done so far, apart from that one spine attack. They've not they've not been that brutal. They've uh, they've eased you into this night's session, I think. Um, yeah. So that's that, that uh, cultist's go. And cultist C is obviously dead, so I'll take them off the order. It is Raya's go. 
Uh, yeah, Raya. Lyra's there. Lyra's there. No. Oh, apologies. Yeah, it is Lyra's there. I've just, I've just, just completely skipped Lyra. Sorry, Lyra. You may take your go. Right, I'm gonna return fire. I'm gonna try and. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop that shield because it didn't do a lot for me. I'm gonna go two handed. Go for it. As the shield drops before you hear a loud clang uh, reverberating around this temple structure you are in. And you're in two handed Warhammer, yeah? Oh! And this is where we start to live up to our channel name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it should be the natural one though, shouldn't it? Not ones. <laughs> oh, we've we've had we've had multiple though. This is not our first. Both yeah, for Lyra. Yeah. yeah. Should, They're all mine. Should Lyra just change her name? They're starting <laughs> to stack up. Um, yeah. Okay. Not 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 your finest hour, Lyra. But uh, but like the, the the effort was there. And again, much like Blent missed blow earlier with his warhammer, your forearms are they're burning. That hurt. I sent some nice um you know, some nice reverberations back into your to your arms from the uh the hitting. I can arms. feel the red mist descending. She's hit and fails to hit back. She's just losing her mind and therefore accuracy. Yeah. Yeah, and you're <sighs> you're you're being blinded by your anger, I think, for sure. Uh. For sure. Okay, um, right, after your go, Lyra, it is on to uh, Rhea. Rhea, our Hellrider knight that's in, in the room with us. She has dispatched the Spine Devil. She has seen the gore of the cult fanatic spray over her uh, armour and her cloak. And she looks absolutely steaming. Um, she's mad. You can just see the sweat on her brow just sizzle off her head and evaporate into well I say the sky into the the wet ceiling above um, and she just strides over she pulls out a small short sword from her back um, like you know where her kidneys are um, she pulls it out and she just goes over to one of these last cultists and says with her with her long sword in her right arm she goes and stabs from one direction her short sword and the other to go behind the neck and says, uh, Let's be having you then. Salas, are you watching? <laughs> yeah, never stopped. Okay. Uh, let's see how she gets on. So, a long sword and a short sword attack because of her multi attack ability. She gets a 12 and an 11. And luckily enough, these uh, the AC of these cultists is 12. So, her, her long sword does hit on cultists. <sighs> B. Let's see what the damage is for this longsword. It's a 1d8 plus 3. It's only one-handed. And it is a 9 worth 9 damage before the short sword can even take um, hold of the body in front of her. This longsword has gone straight through the torso, through the ribs, through all those internal organs. And you just see, Blent, in front of you, the face the mask does not hide this emotion. The eyes literally are popping out of its skull from the surprise of this blade. And he opens its mouth. No scream is coming out. And the blade is released. A gushing of blood comes out from the right of his torso. 
and he falls towards you. Blent, you do well to move back and step away from this falling carcass, and the blood is just pooling all around you on your floor. Lyra, it's, it's seeping towards your boots, um, probably making you even more angry. But uh, yeah, Raya gives uh, Salas a quick, a quick wink. That's two, Salas. That's two. Uh, after Ly- after Raya, should I say, it is uh, Blent. You've seen this foe dispatched in front of you by the well, seemingly capable Raya. Uh, what would you like to do? Blent's going to attempt to finish the fight and uh, rolls it both on uh, the last remaining colist. So, rolling in Come on, Blent. Well done. Nat 20. Oh, nice. Natural 20. Well done. On the hand hurts. <laughs> Roll to hit. Okay. Oh, I think that would do it. Uh, so, what's that doing? Oh, he rolls a natural one on damage. And then, what's he done on the three? Oh, it's rolled in the beast. So, it's doing. Wait, that doesn't add up. <laughs> oh, three plus three, six. Uh, but then he'll also get a plus two for rage. So, that'll be eight total. Uh, have you thrown it then? Yeah, you should be seeing it. I've got so I've got the hand axe, the warhammer. The warhammer obviously misses. Uh, so it's three plus three. Plus two on uh, two. Uh, rage. Oh, okay, for the strength, of course, of course, of course. So what was that in total? Sorry. Eight damage. Eight damage uh, on B. Yeah. He is a eight damage. He is literally on a string of life. No hand axe has gone straight between his neck and his clavicle, and you can just see the the jugular very close to bursting. Um, not looking very pleasant at all, I would say. Um, after you blent, and you're near near finishing blow is Atlas. Atlas, can you steal Blent's kill? No! Question. Um, so, Atlas now is... I mean, he, he's a humble chap, but he's just feeling pretty good about himself. So he's just going to walk up to Salas to start with. He's going to put his hand on his cheek, and um, Atlas can use, once per long rest, a feat. Uh, that feat is called Mani- Magic Initiate. Uh, as a druid feat, and it allows him to use the spell Cure Wounds without using one of his spell slots. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so... Is that once per day? Uh, once per long rest. Um, and that does... 10 healing. You've cured my wounds! Yeah. You've cured um, his wounds, well done. So that's his action. He's now got a bonus still. So with his bonus, he's going to wink at Salas. And he's going to move his moonbeam oh. over the last remaining person. Oh, my goodness. And, and that's your bonus, of course. Yeah, right, go for it. Yeah. So the last remaining person that's standing... So uh, let me just make sure that these are the people are clearly shown that they are dead. Yeah, he is the last one. Go for it. Roll. Oh, so it's Constitution, yeah. Or Constitution thirteen. 
Okay, let's see if he can roll that. Constitution. It's an 11. We're at the point where you don't really need to roll damage. You can if you <laughs> wish. But I just want you to tell us, with that majestic moonbeam crashing down from the ceiling, how on earth do you kill this next cultist atlas with your the, the good thing about this one is it wouldn't have made a difference because it would have been 1d10 anyway so the moonbeam roars just just like a fiery white beam straight through the roof um, and just rips straight through this uh, last cultist and um, melting everything uh, into just a pile of sludge on the floor is it seeping towards Lyra's boots with the blood? It's like kind of like just kind very of slowly, slowly, kind of yeah, oozing towards Blent and Lyra. Lyra's got to take a few steps back away from this, otherwise she's going to get it on on her nice, pretty boots. Um, right, yeah. I'm going to move back and yeah. stamp my foot and be like, guys, you didn't even let me get any. <laughs> uh, Atlas, Atlas will just look at her, smile, nod his head. And just chuckle because Blent, uh, uh, Blent is just left holding his hand axe where there was once a clavicle. <laughs> and he, he looks at his hand axe and he goes, "I didn't know it did that." <laughs> oh, so Blent thinks thinks he's now imbued with some celestial power in his hand axe. <laughs> to be fair, Blent is probably not that smart so he might actually believe this can you roll me an intelligence check please it's a big one oh 17 okay he he unluckily he uh he does not fall for his own belief uh he 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 has that sudden realization that nah i'm not i'm not that <laughs> i'm not that but, and he, he pours himself Nah. <laughs> uh, Ray is literally saying dwarf and points towards Atlas. Yes, it was him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh my goodness, that's all of the people that reside that were residing in the Temple of Zariel. Finito, they are all dead. So well done, guys. You have killed everyone here, and uh, yeah. What would you like to do? They are, the, the room in the part of the room you're currently in is looking pretty gross, to say the least. I think the best thing about the whole temple is that Salas walked in here with less health than he will be leaving this place with. So, so we should fight a bit more often, I think. Less health or more health? <laughs> more health now than than before. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy. Okay. Good. So you're you're pos- you're HP positive from that fight. <laughs> Good. Yes. Okay. So. Actually, before I ask you to, you know, if you want to loot the room or carry on exploring through these caverns, I think we'll just have a quick five-minute break. Um, so if you guys want to go to the toilet or have a drink, that's no problem at all. Um, and if, you, if you're heading off, just mute your mics and we can pick it up when you're back. I'm just going to give everyone, everyone that is watching a potential um, chance to check out our socials and maybe follow us on there because I'm still hoping to get more followers. And uh, I'll take you back onto the solo page, which so it's just me now. Hello, guys at home. So um, we've got a few different social pages. I would love it if you could all follow. We are obviously on Twitch. We're streaming on Twitch once a week at the moment. 
uh, and that, uh, the plans are just to keep doing Mondays. We may switch up depending on player availability and obviously my availability as well. But the plan is just to do Mondays between roughly seven to ten. We'll try and squeeze it in. We all have full-time jobs. This is just a hobby of ours, so uh, we haven't got the availability as some you know, full-time streamers would have. So Monday is going forward, and we are also, me, me in particular, are looking to do uh, some gaming streams. Uh, I think we're going to try and do a weekly Baldur's Gate 3 stream on Fridays. I've done a couple already. You may, If you've been following the channel, you may have already seen one of them so far. And we're going to be making sure this this channel stays quite D&D centric. But then we're open to doing other streams such as uh, Quiplash. We love Quiplash. We all um, like those Jackbox games. So if you want to watch and be in our audience and vote on who has the, the cringiest answers, then please do. Uh, among other things we're looking forward to play, some Among Us, you know, whatever takes our fancy, we may switch it up one week. And if you have any ideas, we'd be very willing to take them on board. Uh, if you've got any feedback on how we're doing tonight and what we could ch change in terms of like maybe the audio is not quite there, the on-screen graphics aren't uh, what you'd expect in some of your normal D&D streams, just let us know in the chat. We'll be happy to tweak things going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a primary school teacher, so my availability in the day uh, is pretty non-existent, but I have got my evenings to tweak these things and make them uh, as enjoyable for anyone that is watching, whether it's live or um, through our uh, our, yeah, our broadcast save system. It saves it somehow, and you can watch it later on. But uh, if you if you've watched so far tonight and you're thinking, oh, it's in the bedtime, then feel free to carry on watching another time on the channel. Uh, yeah, so just to go through some of our so socials here, we have got, uh, obviously our Twitch is the natural one for UK. Uh, our Twitter, we've been doing a few tweets recently, getting on that quite readily now, and we, that is obviously natural ones UK, know the, um, be careful of that one. And uh, yeah, we are also on Insta, posting a bit on there. So whichever, um, you know, whichever platform you prefer to, you know, to be part of, to talk on, feel free to join one of those. I think we also have a Facebook as well, but uh, these are the main three things that we are looking to um, to be on. So yeah, I am going to take a quick break myself now, uh, have a drink and, you know, the like. So we won't, we won't be too long, and we'll be getting back to searching around the corridors of this underground section of the Danton Per Manor. Fingers crossed, we might actually find Thavius Creek. We shall see.
Da -da -da -dum. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> Please, I'm not exposing myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Just for anyone watching, uh, Philippe is talking to, to me at the moment. Um, yeah, can I take us to the, uh, the, the solar place? Yeah. Where's my camera? There we go. Philippe is talking to me. It's not just some voices you're hearing in your head. Um, they are still currently uh, away at the moment. Uh, for those that are still you know, joining us and, uh, and you know, have joined maybe a bit later into the stream, then, uh, then when, you, when we actually started it about half a seven today, if you're still wondering about uh, you know, what's happened so far, I'm going to give you guys a quick catch up. So, uh, can I just ask, make sure all my players are muted once more, and I'll share with them the uh, the recap video. Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah. Welcome to the Boulders Gate descent into Avernus, brought to you by the Natural Ones. The holy city of Elturel has disappeared from the Forgotten Realms and descended deep down into Avernus, the first layer of the Nine Hells. This event came about as a result of an infernal bargain between the Archdevil Zariel, who rules Avernus, and the treacherous High Overseer of Elturel, Thavius Krieg. Zariel is capturing cities and using their citizens as fodder in the ongoing conflict between demons and devils, known as the Blood War. Next on Zariel's list of cities is Elturel's neighbour, Baldur's Gate. Will our heroes be the ones to save Elturel from certain destruction and be able to prevent a similar fate from befalling Baldur's Gate? Having been pressed into service by the Flaming Fist, the guard of Baldur's Gate, the characters have been tasked to seek out and destroy dead three cultists who have been threatening the city. As the misdeeds of the Vanthamper family have come to light through a chance meeting with Mortlock, son of Duke Valamara, the characters now have a chance to confront Thavius Creed, the architect of Eltril's downfall. Will they complete their task? We'll find out. Welcome to Boulder's Gate Descent. Okay, right. I think looking at my players, uh, the majority of them are back. We're just waiting for uh, for Dan or for Atlas to be with us. But because we are on a tight schedule tonight and we're we'll ending roughly about 10 o'clock this evening, I think it's probably best that we all carry on. So uh, let's have a look and see who is actually here. Uh, we have got, oh, they are all back. Wonderful. All Atlas, uh, Lyra and Sanus and Blent are with us. And uh, I've got the screen up at the moment, guys, just to show your characters off once more. And I just think they're all very interesting. Um, you've got uh, you know, Atlas with his nice leather armour and his very cool-looking um, staff. I think the staff you're actually using, Atlas, is your uh, your staff of bird call, isn't it? It is, yes, yeah, staff of bird call. Uh, so, so that's actually uh, a weapon that I've not actually come across before you started using it, and it has some quite ingenious uses in roleplay for sure. Um, obviously, Lyra is a Warhammer slash shield user. 
Salas is a sorcerer, but Salas, what melee weapon do you have? Um, I have some flail in my rucksack and somewhere kind of near the back and maybe a dagger, but don't tend to use these too much. I just sometimes pick up something and just discard it later. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but you you do rely heavily on your on your magic rather than um, you know, the rest of your melee weapons. And obviously, Blent, you're a two-handed sort of fellow most of the time, aren't you? Yeah, most of the time. And uh, Blent always the right tool for the job. Exactly. So, I think that we probably are ready to crack on with the last part of our session this evening. And we are still in this room. There's the Temple of Zariel, and it is looking gross. Um, for those that weren't watching us now, the floor is littered with goop and blood and gore. Um, no thanks to part uh, from you know, Rhea spilling it out of the torso of one of the cultists. <laughs> And Atlas just completely disintegrating it with his moonbeam. Um, yeah, was not a pretty sight, and many a stomach was threatened of its contents. What do you guys want to do? Loot. <laughs> okay, you can, uh, one of you can uh, roll investigation with advantage if multiple people are interested in looting. Uh, who was what? Who, come on, Atlas. Uh, to roll in 16 to investigate Brilliant. yeah okay um, so these are the things that you see in this room obviously I did previously mention the tapestries of each layer of hell uh, that surrounds this room uh, on the enemies in front of you two of the enemies were completely disintegrated so you're not going to find much on them but there are an assortment of scimitars on the remaining cultists the spine devil was not carrying a weapon apart from his fork um, so if you want a large fork that's available <laughs> and in terms of what else is around the room you have seen that beautiful large statue and it, it looks like an angel um, and obviously you've heard it be, you know, this is Zariel's um, temple but this is not a form you're used to seeing. Um, just do me a religion check, please, or or a history check, uh, whichever you would like, please, Atlas. Um, what about uh, uh, religion? I think. Okay, seven. <coughs> so, you know, it's it's not uh, something you're you're familiar with, but you can kind of put two and two together. And you know that um, that um, what's her name? Tariel was a, uh, a a turned angel. So you kind of guess that this is this is Tariel's um, true form before she was turned um, baddie. And uh, the statue itself is, is very large. Um, it's, yeah. It looks to be made of some quite precious uh, mineral. Quite reflective, maybe even something like um, you know, a jade or a something, some very, very precious stone for sure. And um, you do see something shining, shimmering in the neck of the statue Atlas. And actually, I think this is catching many of your eyes. It's quite an obvious looking, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's out of place. This lodged, uh, you can see it's a mace, 
that has been lodged into the neck of this statue. And a bright light is shimmering from this mace. That's this, pro this is probably why it's catching your attention. Then, um, Atlas. Lyra? Don't get yourself lost in the statue. Do you remember what happened last time? <laughs> oh, don't be silly, Lyra. Just let him look at the statue, okay? What's the worst that could happen? Um, Salas, I yes. did you a good turn just now. Be a good chum, go grab that mess. You, you, you did me a good turn? Mm. What? I wanted to kill that cultist, and you think you did me a favour? Well, you're feeling I better, aren't you? I'm not interested, unless it's something I'm interested in that I'm interested in. Well, I'm not interested right this moment. So, jog on. Take blend. Tell him it's something useful. If it kills him, he won't even realise he's such a dimwit. Hey, Blend's hearing this. Blend, are you are you taking this lightly? Blend is enamoured with the fork. And the idea of the fork. He's he's while everybody's talking about this statue, he's making his way around the back of everyone uh, to check out this fork and see yeah. if there's anything interesting about it at all. Uh, you pick it up. Um, you see, it, obviously, it, it could be used for, for eating. If you're a very large creature, you're way too small to utilise it properly. Uh, but it is very pointy, very, very pointy, with two prongs sticking out the end of its... Oh, uh, I think Blend just thinks, oh, it's bloody useless, and then launches it at the statue. Okay. <laughs> uh, roll to hit, please. And you can do. So she's be... armed now, yeah? Uh, no, no, no. R roll to hit to so 1d20 plus your dexterity modifier, please. Okay. It's a ranged attack. And it will treat it like a javelin, essentially. Fair. Uh, the d20 is 11, and dex is plus 2, so 13. Plus 2, so 13. Uh, it. The, the, the sharp points of the uh, fork just don't penetrate the stone, and it literally smashes against it and collapses to the ground um, sh um, you know, making quite a large reverberation large metallic um, noise when it hits Blend, the floor uh, just Blend just parts and says oh I knew that wasn't up to much <laughs> so see, a moment ago drooling over that fog and now just bored of his toy come on tell me there's something more to Blend than his pipes <laughs> what do you mean his pipes Oh, that's kind of a private thing, maybe for later. <laughs> go and do with the statue. Okay. So just yeah, to, just to, to point statue. out, the statue is about 12 foot high. Yeah. The, the corridor outside of this temple was about 9 to 10 feet, but the ceiling has raised quite substantially as you've entered here, and it does encompass this rather large, tall statue. Um, with that mace sticking out of its, like... Just behind its neck, its shoulder, someone has apparently lost their weapon and it's been embedded in it ever since. Can I see if there's anything magical going on with this space? I mean, it's quite, it's anything. quite far away from you. You'd have to climb up to see, okay. really. Okay. Can I just check the statue then, however high I am? See if there's any mystical that people casting a spell, perhaps, when they were chanting. I just want to check. Uh, yeah, you can do an arcana check on the statue if you wish. Oh, 
And eight. Uh, you're, as you bring your, you're holding your holy symbol of Mistra and you stroke down this statue, you feel no magical presence in place. Now, Atlas has wandered up behind you. And I can't reach you, Atlas. Yeah, he's bad boy. Atlas offers you to jump on his shoulders and he'll give you a boost up. Okay. Who's heavier out of me and you? I'm quite tall though. It's fine. Yeah. Go on then. Okay. Okay. So Unceremoniously. This will probably be an athletics check, but because you're on your shoulders, I'll let you have advantage on this. Okay. Oh, I can't wait so much. So well. Oh, nice. Play! Oh, sorry. It is a 22. Woof. Okay, so you actually, on top of his shoulders, you're just about a foot out of reach of the actual mace itself, but you casually put your hand on the head uh, of Atlas, and it's quite uncomfortable for him as you start to stand up on him and you just jump and you grab hold of this mace. Uh, can you do me a strength saving throw here, please? Yeah. Fifteen. Wonderful. 15. Okay. So from this saving throw, and apologies to anyone that's got the uh, other. Just to show everyone at home that this is this is the picture of what uh, Zariel looks like. That's the the statue you're seeing. Uh, it's not obviously as detailed and colourful as that, but it, you know, imagine that form, the winged uh, angelic creature in statue form. Okay, so that is what um, you are seeing, obviously on a plinth of stone. And as you grab, as you jump and grab the mason, yank it out of the masonry, uh, you just see a large split start to make its way down the torso of this uh, statue. Uh, and obviously, it being so high up, Lyra, as you grab this base, you start hurtling towards the ground. It's only about 10 feet, but could you please make a dexterity saving throw? Can you land this jump? In fact, dexterity saving throw or an acrobatics check, you choose. Oh. I'll let you choose. Oh, I've done a dexterity. It's an 18, that definitely. You're quite clumsy in your armour, but you managed to make it. You've bent your knees. That's the essential thing here you've done. You've bent your knees, so no damage uh, comes your way. So, um, after uh, that happens, the statue does, unfortunately, just start to topple and crumble before your very eyes. That uh, mace was the, it's like the, 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 the needle that broke the donkey's back or something. I'm not too sure how the, how the idiom goes. But it's gone, it's crumbled to the ground. And you both have to really like jump out of the way of some of these large, quite... You know, bulky rocks just tumble towards you, spraying across the floor around it, and um, the, the, all the candles around the room extinguish, leaving you in pretty much, apart from the odd torchlight outside of the room, this temple room is now completely put into darkness. Oops. Um, Ray just says, oh, well, that's great. Should we try and make our way out, I think? Yes. Not a bad idea. Okay, who hasn't got dark vision? 
Salus, okay, so as you're making your way out, Salus, you've seen, you've gone over, like, you've all probably, I imagine, headed towards the statue to see what Lyra and uh, Atlas are doing. <clears throat> Salus, as you've made your way out, you have not noticed or been able to see the the sheer puddle of goop um, that resides on the floor. It's slippery, to say the least. Could you do me, please, a dexterity saving throw as you're walking out into the corridor once more? Always. That will be an easy one, though. Easy. No, unfortunately not. It is not enough on this occasion. Uh, You fall over and hit the back of your head straight onto the ground, as if it was black ice you have just tripped up on. Uh, So that will, unfortunately, be... A six points of damage. Uh, Ouch! I was thinking to leave this room with more HP than I entered, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still going to say it's probably, hopefully not some sense into you, you know, to watch where you're going, but we know you won't. So, um, <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone else, obviously, apart from um, Atlas, you haven't got a. Dark I've got vision. vision. You have got dark vision. Okay, it's yeah, just so I um, have my two dwarven friends going. Yeah, yeah dwarves, dwarves have dark vision, so. Okay, so you've uh, you've managed to make your way out. I remember your Aracocra character, um, Alec, didn't have it. Nah. So that was a, a difficulty back when we were using him. But yeah, we've all made it out into the corridor, Raya included, and you find yourselves back in the previous corridor you were um, with the, the stream of feces running down it once more. Um, to the north, you see that door again that you previously entered, and that is the dining room. So up here was the dining room. Uh, so I guess the only way now left to go is west. Come on, Blend. Lead the way. Blend, Blend is uh, cautious about leading the way after his abysmal uh, performance in that. And uh, yeah, re- reluctantly, he, uh, he uh, starts to trudge forwards. And goes, oh, another door on the right. Oh. Atlas is, is still pretty full of himself. He puts his arm around his dwarven friend. Come on, fella. And he walks off with him. Should we get Lara to get in there first? I'm just going to take that picture off so we can see what we're doing. Yeah, you can do an arcana check on the mace if you would like. Apologies for forgetting about that. Oh, that's okay. Seven. No, it, it's it's glowing, but apart from that, you just think it's must have some kind of like special flame, oil flame inside of it. That's I can take it from you, Lyra. It looks really boring. Oh, can I see what it does? Do you mind if I just like just beep, just just a little bit, Alice? How about Raya? Go for Raya. No, I want I want to hit you. Uh, Raya turns around to and says. Uh, the dwarf's not so stupid. Not like you, you burk. <laughs> oh, she told me. She told me. If she wasn't so stupid, she wouldn't pick up a mate that is at least 3.7 times bigger than her. It is, it's, a one hey. hand, it's a one-handed mace. It's not that big. Yeah, well, I know it isn't that big, objectively speaking, but, I mean, have you seen the size of her? I'm not that small for a dwarf. Who, who said that? What? Did anyone hit him? I'm going to hit him with the mace. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll to hit then. No. 
Uh, what, can I just roll a d6? So it's, a, it's a 1d6 uh, damage, but just roll 1, 1d10 plus your proficiency plus your strength. So 1d20 plus your proficiency plus your strength. Oh, for goodness sake. So what? You so, were cursed us in this name, uh, That's not oh. great. Um, you go to hit him with it, but your hand is still slightly lubricated by the gore that's been splotted around that previous room. And as you go to hit him with it, it just slides out of your hand and it just twats it down the corridor. And it, it's now lying, you know, about 10, 15 feet in front of Blent. Um, everyone saw that and, well, I'll, I'll let them say how, they, how impressed they are. It's magical. It's like uh, it's got sort of like force yeah. that's like yeah. you know. I think at this point, Salas will use his shape water ability, and he will lift up a little cube five by five of this sludgy water from underneath him, and shape it into like a dwarf-shaped thing in front of Lyra, and just go in her face. What? So you created a dwarven frame? out of shit water and yeah. smushed it in her face yes okay uh now obviously <laughs> so this uh this is more like a it's not really well, something that's going to damage you from the force of the water but it is shitty water it's gross <laughs> uh, can i use a reaction or not <laughs> Uh, I'll give. I'll, I'll allow you a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Because it, yeah, you can see you can see him messing about. It's not something that just emerges in an instant. You can see him messing around with this water, and he's cackling the whole time. Um, he's not. He's not hiding it in any way. So. I really, really don't want a natural one. Come on, just please. So you dodge that and you just see behind you the wall just gets splattered with this brownish water that is just it's even worse now it's it's out in the open it's just it's pungent to say the least and your nostrils are taking a battering I'm afraid Lyra while while this is going on DM blend see if he can slide a hand that may that's on the floor. Uh, you need a slight hand that you can just do a self check. Okay. Because I would imagine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would imagine everyone's focus is taken up with Salas's magical water display, um, his water fountain show of shit, and uh, just casually creeping up the corridor. Uh, uh, Blench, should I say? You just, you know, no one's looking. Bending down, picking it up, pocketing the mace. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm up. squaring up to Salas. I'm back in his face. What do you think you're doing? So it's rather like my crotch stood perfectly on the other side. Uh, no, she's actually she's more akin to your your chest area. So. My chest area. This girl. Yeah. Just just like at the top of her head reaches your chest. So. Mm. Um, I'm going to whisper to Flyer. Just to kind of go and... Oh, you've got just, Flyer with you, have you? Oh. Yeah, he came with me. He was oh, okay. my shoulder all the time. Oh, I see. Just, just, yeah. just, just taking just, a chill pill then. Yeah, just watch him. Watch it unfold. I'm just going to whip him to go and basically just keep flying around their heads and just distract them to try and break them up. <laughs> okay. That's um, not good. 
So, so luckily, uh, this creature is uh, still under your animal friendship spell, and uh, it uh, it can understand you, and it just just looks at you, and just does a. Uh, as it just launches at them and it's just literally doing a figure eight around them spiraling around and around going super quick and neither like Lyra or Salas can like get any closer in case like the, the talons of the of the of the peregrine falcon you know, smash them on its way through um, and Fred uh, sees this and just shakes her head haven't we got better things to be doing than this in his uh, newfound confidence Atlas says shall we move on so the two children quarrelling. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, there's a door right behind you, Atlas. Should we maybe look inside? Let's go. Have you stopped? If if I can, as we're well, like, yeah, but then I'm just gonna like elbow him and shove him and walk on the camera. No, we're even Lyra, aren't we? Eat, what you mean? Alice will turn around, roll his eyes, and... You're not hitting me, right? You're your toy, wherever. <laughs> See what we can hear behind you the door. You tried to throw shit in my face! That was proper mank then, wasn't it? You tried to throw shit in my face! Don't take that home with me! That's more of a puzzle. Really. You're going to get further away now. Yeah. I do it, Larry. How about you go and find your toy wherever you threw it away? Yeah, we can talk about it later. Well, I've got fists and walk off and try to skulk down the corridor to find it. Okay. Uh, can I see what I can hear behind the door, please? Uh, you can press your area up against this iron door. It's quite cold and it gives you a slight numbing, num- numbing effect to your ear. Uh, roll perception, please. No what? one's, by the way, no one's looking at uh, Blood at this point. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Another natural one. Uh, you hear a door, whatever a door sounds like. I'm not sure, but you hear a door. I think Salas wants to kind of come with his back to the wall and look at Atlas kind of just listening to it. And as he's doing it, Salas would want to reach for the handle and try pressing it. Uh, give me a slight of hand, please. Okay. Uh... Yeah, boy! Um, so, Atlas is full-on pressed against this door. He's having such a hard time hearing stuff. He's really getting close. He's getting so close and personal to this door, he's making love with this door. Unbeknownst to him, in comes Salas, swooping in with his hand, opens up the handle, and... Flat on his face goes Atlas. Atlas, I'm going to give you a, a, a one damage on that, because you fall straight on your face. <laughs> one point of bludgeoning damage there uh, as you fall into this room and I will open up the room so you can see what you've just Oops. entered um, one second please let me just take away the door there we go you are now on the inside of the room and this is the room where it happens maybe maybe not we'll see um, any Hamilton fans out there don't at me um, so yeah what do you see? Perception check, please, Atlas, as you enter the room once more. Mm, you don't hear a lot, so but you now, with your bloody nose having smacked it on the floor, hopefully see some stuff. What do you see? Feeling like a very embarrassed Aaron Burr, I am going to... Uh... We watched 
Grey's Anatomy earlier and Aaron Burr was in it. And every time I, was, every oh. time I saw him, I was like, Mr. Burr, sir. And <laughs> I think Katie wanted to strangle me. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's all Julia's been watching. What, Grey's or Hamilton? Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, we're in series five now, I think. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether the people who like D&D like Grey's, but it could be um, you know, a bit of a crossover. Uh, 20, unnatural 20. Um, but yeah, you see this room in its entirety. This is, get ready for it, Atlas. This is a kitchen. So, hey! Um, so as you enter this room, let me just get it up for you. Uh, you can see that the cultists have clearly been preparing their meals here, although no cultists are here at present. It's uncomfortably warm and it contains a pair of brightly burning cast iron stoves with a large pile of wood next to each of them. Other furnishings in this room include a large wooden table where multiple bits of food have been currently prepared. Different meals have been, have been prepared, uh, as well as you know, the typical utensils, ingredients, spices that you'd expect of a well-stocked kitchen. Um, can I... Uh, I've... Flyer, flyer is on your shoulder, Atlas, and uh, you just hear it. Um, I'm guessing Flyer's probably a little bit hungry. Because uh, I've, I've, I've such a good perception check, can, can I see some eggs and some meat in here? Yeah, there are a, a basket of eggs, and you can see <gasps> on the table there's uh, plates of different cold meats. There appears to be what looks to be like. Uh, rabbits and some boar and venison that you saw hanging earlier in the cold so, store. I will signal for a flyer to go after the rabbits. Uh, um, as, as soon as you've like given it the eye, it's like ah! as it goes swarms and uh, swarms. I'm not really sure swarms. what that noise was. Swoops. Swoops. I'm not sure what the noise was. <laughs> it's like a bit of I a like peacock. How much about peacocks? Ah! Swoops down. Before you can even see where it's gone, it's already got half that, that bit of rabbit and thigh deep down its gullet. While my peregrine falcon friend has done that, um, I'm just going to walk up to the basket of eggs. Um, Salus, <laughs> I found something that could be of interest to you. Um, while he's coming in, I've loaded three eggs into my sling and I launch three eggs at him as he walks in the door. Yes! Uh, well, you can't, you, you can't launch three at once, but you can definitely... Uh, okay, launch I launch one. an egg at him. Uh, can you do me a... Uh, do, just do me a 1d20 plus your dex plus your proficiency, please. Just do a slingshot? Or a slingshot, yeah. Go for a slingshot, if you have that equipment. Yeah. A 19, I assume that probably hits at uh, Salas even? Out, oh, yes, it does. Okay, uh, damage wise, it's it's not really going to cause much in terms of damage. It is an egg. Uh, it, it's going to hurt its pride. It cr like cracks all over his face. You can just see the yolk just slowly sliding down. Just, just as that's happening, DM, uh, Blent would like to try and very slyly toss the mace uh, towards the bowl of eggs to see if he can knock or crush the remaining eggs in the bowl. Can I just say, as you are lining up your shot, Lyra pushes you slightly out of the way, head down, searching the floor, and it's like, watch out, Len, I'm trying to find his mace. 
<laughs> so while she's looking for that mace behind you, you just whip it out of your bag, knowing that she's there, and almost panicked, you just like, yoink! <laughs> Fling it away, and do me a, a range attack throw. So one, Definitely, one it would have to be an amazing four. one. That'd be pretty good. You can't do it, Blend. You can't do it. It has to go, th- it has to go through Salus's legs. And Atlas. And Atlas. Well, yeah. Where, where's this ball of eggs? I thought this ball of eggs would be on the table, like. Yeah. So, I mean. Okay. It's, it's going to have to go about 25 feet. One, two, three, okay. four. About 20 feet. Oh, can't do it. Can't do it. Which is in the range of, of throwing a uh, throwing a mace, can't but it's it. pretty good. Uh... 1d20 plus dex, yeah? Plus dex and your proficiency, please. Can't do it. Okay, so that is 12. 12. Plus 2. Plus 2. And then, where is. Uh, plus 2, 14. 14. No. It's not going to be enough, I'm afraid. It is, it is a. Uh, you know, an, a. A static object, um, but it has to go past some people, and you just see it fly like end over end past Atlas. Atlas, you're very close to getting it right in your face. Uh, <laughs> the, the mace, I mean, the mace. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it uh, it makes a loud noise, and you can hear a clattering of pans as it lands across the room. Uh, Lyra's still looking for it, though. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I'll go, and then I think Blank goes. Oh, Lyra! I think it just landed over there, in that bowl of eggs. Can you do a, bowl of eggs. You do a deception, please, Blank? Deception, probably. And Lyra, you can do an insight if you'd like. Oh, natural what? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You can you can see he looks to be sincere about um, about your mace being found in the room that was previously locked. When you throw it, oh, or previously that's, closed. That's Blend. Get in the eggs. Get in. Get all up in them. No! Salah's <laughs> running for eggs. Well, so this has all happened like instantaneously, hasn't it? So the eggs just hit Salah in the face. Yeah. Um, so Alice is just kind of just cheekily gone. Find your eggs, mate. And uh, then dodges this mace that comes yeah. flying towards Whoa. him. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, Raya literally just stand, there's so much going on Raya is just like are we really going to be this petty I mean I've, I've asked for your help at the moment you're more a hindrance can we just get on the task at hand Fabius no, may escape by the time we mess around with these eggs and the more important things in your L there are eggs on offer here so bugger <laughs> off or wait for us uh, Atlas will pick up the mace. Can Atlas do an arcana check on it, please? You may do an arcana check. Uh, I want to respond and say, to be fair to Salas, Raya, there aren't any eggs involved with Kate. Eggs are a delicacy. Well, there's not a lot. There's a shortage. I've, I've not had an egg for a while, yes, but then I'm not a big fan of eggs. Can I have my eggs now? Eat that one on your face first. I am trying to lick it as I'm running towards the basket. Still gooping down your chin. You have to wipe it off with your with your nice cloak. I don't mind. 
I want to start stuffing my pockets with eggs to start with. Alice, are you happy to uh, allow him to do this? And uh, you, again, have no idea what the mace does. Cool, so I'm... The shiny, I'm just the shiny mace. The shiny mace. I'm just going to just walk away, chuckling, shaking my head. Uh, as I walk past, just push the basket onto the floor and walk back out and hand the mace to Lyra. Okay. Your mace? <laughs> right, you've got your mace, Lyra. He's got yeah. his eggs. Blend, do you want anything? Do you want some more pipes? Let's go find some pipes. Let's give everyone what they want. Atlas, what the hell do you want? <laughs> Uh, I want to continue, and he Fantastic. just... Fantastic, so do I. Get your falcon, let's be having you. <laughs> um, Alice just goes... And, uh, and you, a just very... see, you see the, the, the like wide-eyed bird on the table. And it swoops back up onto your shoulder. Carrying, uh, carrying a bit of meat a in, its, in its mouth. Yeah. It's going to save for later. How, how many eggs do I have? Uh, you, can, uh, you can roll a 1d20. Just please. Uh, that one, that one, that one. Oh, okay. oh nice. Okay. No. Nine. Oh no, sorry, no, sorry, seven eggs. I can't count. Seven eggs. Uh, seven eggs, you can put them into your inventory. <laughs> You're so good. I'll just write it down here. Seven <laughs> eggs. He doesn't write the, you know, the important story notes down, but he'll write seven eggs down. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Oh. That's Alice. Okay, um, right. Now, depending where we go next is going to determine where we end tonight's session. So, uh, as you come further up the corridor, all of you, you notice yet another pipe going off to the north, and you give a quick, a quick cheeky glance. Rail looks up there, and she sees no imps bursting out of it. And then you approach what is yet another T-junction, a southern passage, and yet a continuous western one. Uh, where would you like to go, please? Blend nose. Come on, Blend. Blend gonna use his nose. Blend is gonna keep suggesting to follow the, the water. Keep going west. Yeah, following the water then. West. Um, follow your nose. Follow your nose. Great. Let's do this. Uh, as you carry on west, you do come across yet two doors. There's one to the north, this time still iron. Has not got any kind of window inside. Um, as you approach it, see if it's open or not. Uh, um, can I press my ear against it, but I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to put all my weight on the door. I'm just going <laughs> to gently listen. Yeah, you can, uh, you can roll for perception, please. Brilliant. Doing well. Seven, yeah, you can't really hear a lot, unfortunately. Again, you mm. hear door. I'd um, like to just see if the door is unlocked then. Uh, no, it's not, I'm afraid. It's locked. Okay. It's locked. Uh, there is a door to the south with a similar looking door. Um, you can see that they've skimped on uh, on doors in this place. They've just bolt ordered a lot of the same ones. So. Uh, can I try see if it's open as well? and touch the handle um, mm -hmm. and as you grab it it does start to open and actually it's very it's obviously been used quite frequently it's very very loose and it causes an almighty squeak as you open it can you do me a stealth check please 
The one time I didn't do a perception check first. Fuck's sake. Yeah, sorry. Nice. A, a 20. Hey. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you, you've, you have learned your lesson about entering rooms with a bit of, of, of panache, and you've done this um, squeaky handle. Uh, you've, you've opened it with, with skill, and it doesn't make much of a noise on the other side of the door. So, whilst you, you can kind of hear the squeak on your side, that doesn't transcend through the door. And what's on the other side does not hear it. If there isn't the other side, would you like to enter? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, so if I open it very stealthily, I'd just like to look inside them, please. What can I see? You could look inside. Uh, I will open the door for you now. And then you can do me another perception check, please. Just take the door off for you. There you go. Door is off. Door is open. You can see inside. What is your perception? Perceives in your shit as pants. Okay, no, I just need to uh, make sure that they are on the right layout. Here they are, all up. Uh, a nine. Okay, so you can literally see just what's in front of you. Uh, and this appears to be one, two, three, four, five, and six cultists, um, two of which appear to be asleep. Which two? These bottom two over here. Okay, I'm then just going to turn around, step to one side, and usher my friends in with my finger over my lips and just tell them what I can see. Okay, right. As Ray approaches, she can see your talking hushed tones. What's going on? What, what have you found, Atlas? Uh, we've found a room full of cultists. Uh, some are asleep, some are awake. I mean, I can see at least five. I think the room extends back. There's a lot of them in there. Is it a, is it a barracks or a, a quarters? What, what it's like a, some kind of sleeping quarters, I think, yes. I'm not sure how many are in there. I mean, minimum five, but it could be as much as ten. It, it may be the case that uh, Fabius may be on the other side of this room. Maybe we need a distraction. Salus! Mm. Yes? You distract yourself most of the time, so you should be very good at uh, distracting these five-plus men. Any ideas? Well, I, I could do something. Yeah, let's say, let's say I have an idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you want me to do? Any, anything you can think of, uh, or blend, if you have any uh, any bright ideas. Uh, I mean, I don't doubt our ability to take these five plus men, but uh, you know, avoiding bloodshed and uh, and effort where we can, if we can just simply use one of you to distract them that would might okay. be better time to spend okay. everyone stand away from me just, just I instantly move back yeah <laughs> wrong direction wrong direction go north go north go forward go forward go forward so west, west. yeah yeah go west yeah. Sorry. right then are you ready 
We're, I think so. We're ready. No, Salas takes out the flail from his rucksack. Which one? And he, and he stands at a slight distance and starts whacking at the door with the flail and screaming like a madman, going. <laughs> 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 what the northern door? Yeah. <laughs> right. This one. Roll, roll to hit, please. Roll to hit. Quickly knock this door down. Okay. I think I heard that. Oh, it's the end of this garage though. It's fine now. Twenty. <laughs> roll, roll damage on it and double your dice. I'm pretty sure you've you, you've targeted the, the the hinges and you've just knocked this door down flat. The, oh my god. The, the, the actual clattering of this heavy metal door does not drown out your incessant screams and weird noises that you're making, your yelps of joy. Um, can you roll me a performance check just to see how loud you were, please? Okay. Uh... 13. Yeah, so I'm going to say pretty much everyone in that room has heard you quite clearly. You're not that far on, away. Um, on hearing this, Atlas is just a bit... A little bit apprehensive after seeing that. He wants to cast his spell Snare and he would like to cast it at the entrance to the door. Okay, so as you cast this, Reyes looks at you and says, I, I wanted a distraction, not whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> is, he, is your friend a bit uh, on the simple side? Um, Alice is going to go turn around. You've been with us for quite some time. Surely you've realised that by now. Uh, you would have thought. Um, never mind. Uh, uh, don't follow me. Just hide. Uh, you got, well, uh, it looks like Lara and Blent were around the corner. Yeah, I'm going now. Yeah. Uh, Atlas and Raya, will you follow suit after you've done that? I, I don't particularly trust her, so I'm going to follow Salas into the room. I'm guessing that's where he's going. Uh, uh, as you as you've performed the spell and cast out this um, barbed, thorny mess on the floor. Oh, so so what snare is? It's like um, <clears throat> it's a magical trap. Okay. It's like a rope on the floor that's invisible. Oh, okay, it's a rope. Okay, I, I, thought, I thought it was more like um, like a thorn sort of thing. But that's, yeah. That's fine. Okay, so so it's really there and waiting for anyone to walk out and. As yeah. you've as you've uh, cast that and you've run up to where Salas is and entered this room, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll take. Oh, no, I think Salas wants to stay out. I want to stay out of it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Salas wants to be visible. Okay, okay. So Alice is hiding inside there, and you just see one of these of these cultists approach the door, and as he literally takes a step outside into the corridor, saying, "What the bloody hell's going on out here?" He stands uh, and steps right onto this snare. What happens, Atlas? Uh, the rope creates a five-foot circle radius on the ground. Uh, this trap is nearly invisible, requires a successful intelligence check uh, to, if they're looking for it. Otherwise, they need to do a dex 13 saving throw. Um, what this does is it... Seven. So it, gra- it loops round the feet of the person or creature can be small, medium, or large, and hangs him upside down, three foot from the ground. Wow. Okay, and so literally, restrained. as he's stepped outside, he's like, what a bloody hell! What? 
and he bloody tips upside down, bonks his head on the ground as he's pulled up to the ceiling, and he's now hanging there. And everyone in the room that he was he's just um, left has said, "Jerry, what's happening?" And they've all steamed towards the room. To, and Salah's to... moved a bit back and goes. <laughs> And uh, I think Salas wants to just start running away in the opposite direction now. I'm going to when... pause you there, Salas, because you haven't got a lot of time before I would okay. ask you, after Jerry's spoken, he, r- he rubs his head and looks from side to side. He's upside down, but he does see the treacherous little Salas running away like a tiny little scamp, um, yeah, making some weird... Uh, feminine noises as he as he saunters away, um, like a naughty school child, and the, uh, the 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 upside down cultist just says, "Guys, we're under attack!" And he points towards Salas, and I will ask everyone, even those not currently visible to these people, to roll initiative. And actually, before we roll initiative, I will say we'll we'll, we'll pick this fight up. At the end, at the beginning of next week's session, oh. we'll, we'll save I... our initiative rolls for then, and we'll see just how far Salas can get down the corridor before being lynched. <laughs> I remember when Salas ran around a coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Salas, are you still wearing the the mask of the cultist? I am. <laughs> Does that change anything? He hasn't got any of the robes on though, so it's not. Oh, okay, fair. It's not really complete. He's on an egg pie. You can't. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Uh, crazy. Uh, he's just so ex- excited. Um, I'm doing something up. charitable for the, for the party. In, in what but way? I've got to. Uh, well, this this, this, this remind Mike that uh, Peregrine Falcon impression of yours just reminding me of my childhood. Yeah. Don't let hear this. What the hell's that? <laughs> you sound more like a duck. Oh, okay. I'll have to practice my very good folding sounds. Um, but yeah, so you've just alerted a room, a barracks, a quarters, you're not too sure of. You don't know how many men to your location, Salas. And Jerry, the upside down cultist, has sent them all running hurtling out to that room towards you the rest of you it is unclear um, as to where you guys are they have no idea of your presence so we'll see how that plays out but uh, yeah we'll, uh, we'll end this session here we'll finish it just under three hours tonight we've done blooming well I'd say and we've had some very good memories uh, from our you know our first I think I think it's probably been a, a much more successful stream than last week. This one has actually been recorded and shall be on our channel going forward. So um, if you want to watch yourselves back later on and see uh, see how you've uh, performed this evening, but I think I think you've all performed um, amazingly. So well done, guys. Yeah. I know I know it's a bit uh, it's a bit tricky and it's a bit nerve wracking to be live and have people watching you, but I think you've done really well. Very admirable, and I hope people enjoy your characters already. So. Yeah, need a need a good name for this one. It's, I think it's got to have eggs involved somewhere. <laughs> yes, definitely. Eggs, and obviously, I think I, I can like I can highlight some of the best bits. And I don't think we need to highlight that fight we just had it with uh, with Zariel and uh, in her temple. There's some good moments in there. 
with the gore and the moonbeam and the, and the lack of hitting. The moonbeam. Salus's existential crisis. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Write, write, write that in the chat for me. I'll, I'll, uh, maybe I'll <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, right, guys. I will uh, obviously see you all next week. XP. XP. Uh, oh. XP from what we fought so far. The yeah. loads. We're like level fifty. We're level level four now. Uh, Cult fanatic. He is four fifty. Massive XP. Gonna look, okay, so that is 1100 divided by 4. I'll boost it up for RP, 1200. So I was going to say, guys, 400 apiece. 400 apiece. Boom! In your face, level 4. But you need a long rest. So you have yeah. just breached level 4, but you need that long rest in order to reflect upon your day's events and your experiences okay so maybe we can have a leveling uh, part of a session going forward if we can find somewhere to long rest it's unlikely to be down in this dungeon just to point that yeah. out okay so let's see if salus can outrun five plus men i thought i thought this was where i wanted the distraction to get those men out of the room yeah so we'll see if it, we'll see if it, if it, if it, if it plays off. Uh, yeah. So we'll find out. We'll find out next time uh, on the Natural Runs Play Descent into Avernus. It's been good, guys. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you all again next week. Fingers crossed. Goodbye, good evening, good night. Bye. Adios. Bye. 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 Bye.